0: The world is full of wonders.
1: Magic is hidden in small moments.
2: And monsters could be hiding just out of sight.
3: But if you're looking to find them...
4: Adventure is waiting to happen.
1: You never know who you'll meet along the way.
4: We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week. Before we start, let's check in with our favorite heroes.
0: See, the meal was good, but do you ever get the feeling that something's wrong? You don't know what it is, but something's gone wrong somewhere. Oh well, I'm Hugo Rashad. Oh. Giants and angels and lairs. Oh my.
2: Fuck, that sounded better in my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Keep that in! Keep that in! I love it!
2: Now that Aiden can't take me home, congratulations to Agent Spiegel. You've been promoted to the only thing keeping me from ending it all. I'm Agent Whitaker. <laughs> oh my god!
3: <laughs> How can you produce two good intros?
0: Wow. Back?
3: That's Unfair. not even fair. Well, I had a great time. We had dinner with the Squatch family. We did a really cool magic ritual in the garden that totally, definitely worked. And then our friend up and disappeared. I'm sure everything's fine. I'm Raven Eugenia.
5: Yeah, never thought I'd be on a boat. It's a big, blue, watery road. Viathan, look at me. Never thought I'd see the day with a big boat coming my way. Believe me when I say I'm Damien Angelo Edgecrest. Please cut please cut it.
4: Wow.
2: (laughs) Wow.
1: Literally, how do I follow that? That's my favorite. What what do I do to follow that?
2: Follow what? It's been cut. Oh,
4: yeah,
1: you're right.
4: (laughs) It was too close to the original.
1: Felicity, two, big magic, failing completely, zero. I'd say those are some pretty good odds. I'm Felicity Starnbrook.
4: I
2: love the energy.
0: I love it.
4: Hello transatlantic teleporter, newly reinvigorated source of light and celestial radiance, I'm Aiden Brightwood. I'm sure reconnecting with Agent Ross is going to go fine. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our heroes decided to take a moment to collect themselves after finding a location where Agent Whitaker had been teleported by the Willituck lake monster. They were invited to dinner, And after being helped into their new cabin quarters at the campsite, Gary brought them to meet his family, Vivian and Danny, who it turns out are also squatches of various animal types, and they had some stew together, and it was very lovely. Damien, being very mission-focused, flew away before having dinner and did some snooping and investigating of their rival team of researchers led by Aaron Pike and found that their motivations were less than on the level. But we've been suspect of those people for a little while now. It's just nice to have Damien confirm it, even though he's the only one to have confirmed it so far. After dinner, you guys had time to do a ritual with Aiden in the Auburn's garden, where you were able to unlock a bit of her magic that she had sealed away a long time ago. You're not sure why, although Felicity had a vision that let her maybe get a glimpse as to the reason. But the ritual did succeed. And with her powers renewed, Aiden left to go get Agent Whitaker and bring him back. But Agent Whitaker, across the ocean in Scottish waters, was with Agents Ross and Spiegel as they went into Fingal's Cave, a seemingly giant graveyard or site of a long. Long ago battle, and we're about to perform a ritual using Ross's haunted sword. Aiden arrived, and rather than immediately leaving with Agent Whitaker, was challenged by Ross that she shouldn't leave this situation a second time. To which Aiden responded, Okay, I will stay. So our team is a little bit split and Damien, as he finished up his attempts to sabotage the other research team, learned that Alice Ward is now aware, having come into possession of Raven's research notebook on the Willituck monster, that the hunters are privy to what's going on in this Echo Bay marina, and that likely they were deceiving Pike's team originally when they went out to search for the creature the first time. That's where we left off. Let's pick up with garden squad aiden has disappeared it's been 20 minutes and she's not coming back right away
3: are we all sitting outside in the garden still or do you guys think we went back inside
1: i think we'd sit out there for i'd sit out there for a little bit and try to wait for her to
4: come back
3: yeah maybe maybe like 30 minutes i'd say after that we'll call it and go inside to wait
4: it's getting to that (laughs) time where you would Either have to decide like, are we just gonna sit out here all night waiting for her or are we gonna assume something might have happened and go figure out what our next move is. I guess we Where should might... clean
3: up.
0: At some point I assume before we go inside we probably try texting her or calling her. Who knows what her mm-hmm. roaming rates are?
3: True. Yeah, we'll we'll shoot Raven will shoot Aiden the text. Just being like, Hey, check in when you can, wondering when you'll be back, and if you're okay, <laughs> tell Whitaker we say hi. <laughs>
4: You send that text. There's no reply immediately.
1: All right. Yeah, she's
3: probably got some weird, you know, our cell phone's probably not going to work over there. We'll
1: just have to wait. Um, I got it, guys. Hang on one second. And Felicity's going to sit down in the grass in the garden. Important thing, would Aiden be considered a
4: creature? She's not a human.
1: Yeah, I'm going to use Tune In, baby.
4: 11. Tune In lets you know where they are. Or see um, them.
1: Um I can ask 3 questions. Where's the creature right now?
4: Are you going to ask them in succession or do you want to ask all 3 and I'll bundle them?
1: Where's the creature? What's it planning to do? And how do I attract its attention?
4: <laughs> you reach out with your tune in ability and you get one of your out of body visions. You see Aiden is in a cave, so right off the bat you have a better understanding of why she might not be able to answer her phone or get signal there, you see she's standing with Agent Whitaker at her side and she looks, she always kind of looks a little worried because she's hanging around with you guys, but she looks like there is an extra amount of stress on her shoulders at the moment. And then your vision sort of (laughs) jumps a little and you see her sitting down in front of Agent Ross, who is sitting next to her big sword, which has been slammed into a crack in some stone. The two of them are just sitting there, Ross has her eyes closed, and Aiden is watching this other agent very intently. Then your vision flashes again. You see Aiden being thrown against the wall of what looks like the same cave, and that sword swinging down and impacting the stone and her having to dive out of the way. And then your vision ends. But this time, there's part of you that feels like it doesn't fully come back to your body. You feel like, for some reason, this one particular use of your, like, I'm going to tap in to find Aiden is now just happening without you having to, like, work at it or connect to your magic. It's not giving you extra visions, it's not showing you much else about where she is or what she's up to, but you just feel this link to her that hasn't ended, even though you've stopped using the spell.
1: Guys, I feel a little dizzy, I think. I feel a little... Sorry. Enough about me. Aiden and Whitaker are in a cave together. They're with Ross and Spiegel. And something's happening. Something big, man. Ross and Spiegel? The two Eastie agents who Oh, yeah, yeah. They're together. We met and with Whitaker and Aiden? <laughs> yeah, you know like You know like the cowboy man and then the one that you think is hot? Yes. Yeah. Them. How are they? How did they find Whitaker? Okay, well, at least
3: they're not alone. A cave? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: I've just learned to not ask questions anymore. Yeah, I'm breaching that point. Um, How do you know this? What did you um, just do?
4: With her magic Come powers that let her ask a lot of questions.
2: Come on, Raven. <laughs> I feel like, I you feel know like this Raven already.
3: When she does this, I know what she's doing, the player, but I don't think Raven's ever. Has she ever experienced it?
4: You've definitely noticed that sometimes Felicity will zone out and just be standing there (laughs) looking at nothing, but then she'll suddenly respond like, oh, I just know this thing now. I have
1: information.
4: Yeah. But this
3: is very pointed, like she sat down and thought about it real hard and then suddenly knew. So I think Raven's like, uh, what? (laughs) I saw it.
1: I, I just saw it. That's all.
3: Okay. I'm just, man, that's. Cool. We'll talk about that later.
4: <laughs> okay! What are we gonna do? Well, I'm headed to bed. Um, getting a bit <laughs> late out here, and I've got early work tomorrow, so, um, I could show you all to your guest rooms if you'd like. There's pajamas laid out in the living room, so help yourselves, and I will drive y'all back to camp in the morning when I head down myself.
1: Thank you, Gary. Before you go to bed, do we think someone should check in with Damien, maybe?
3: Can you just see where he is?
1: I get yeah I guess I could do that again.
3: <laughs> I don't know how this stuff works.
1: Let me give it a shot. We'll see all right, Felicity.
4: Why don't you do the hunches move this time instead because that's another thing you have.
1: Yes, that is one that I have
3: um',
4: um I'm tell eight. Gary
3: he can go inside and we'll we'll be inside in just a minute I, I feel bad that he's staying up so late with us
4: yeah no he he's excusing himself he's gonna okay, good. he's gonna go. What would you get felicity I got an eight. That means you kind of know a bad thing that's happening, right?
1: It means I know what's happening, but I get there late.
4: You get there late. You don't make it there in time. Yeah. Very fitting.
1: It says, in time to intervene, but not prevent it altogether.
4: Raven, having now made the connection that your friend Felicity can just be clairvoyant, she sits down again and says, all right, I'll look for Damien. And this time, Felicity, you see Damien on the boat ship happens with... Paul Richards and Alice Ward down on the dock and Alice has Raven's notebook and is shouting up at Richards who then is going to turn to Damien I think we'll just pick up the scene there so Damien the scientist Alice Ward is now in a, a state where she's just like can't believe that this other group has been working against her efforts to find this creature she's extremely mad and Richards tells her okay okay hang on Alice hang on Listen buddy, I don't know what sort of group you're with, but you don't have any right being on my boat, so you're gonna have to get out of here.
5: You're absolutely right. That was incredibly rude of me. Hello, my name is Angelo Edgecrest, Private Eye, hired by Raven Eugenia to find her missing friend who's fallen over your boat. So I was just here to ask some questions I can ask them from the dock. And I just, I hope you guys have nothing to hide besides the RPG that Cook has brought on board your boat. Or did he move out all the boxes of stuff? I'm still, still unclear on that. And uh, on the dock, could you say that again for me louder? My tape recorder wasn't running.
4: (laughs) Oh, Damien, you always know how to throw me. Okay, Richards says, do you have a warrant? I don't know anything about no RPG on my ship. What are you talking oh, about?
5: I'll I'll step off the boat and he steps onto the dock just wearing his flint pea coat.
4: Yeah, you take down the, the yeah. little steps that lead there. Alice is like standing yeah. there. She's, she's like hugging the notebook and looking at you a little suspiciously. She's like, private eye, how did he get up here already? The guy fell overboard that morning.
5: I'm a local here. There's no need for warrants. The police aren't involved until people are missing for over 24 hours. So you are totally fine. And honestly, you're probably gonna get away with the murder. That's not really what I'm concerned about. I'm mostly interested in the rocket-propelled grenade.
4: We didn't murder anyone. That poor man fell overboard during an orca attack.
5: And Paul, you, you agree?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, you can ask the rest of the crew. We all saw the orca coming around. It bumped my boat. I've been trying to patch up the dents it left in it all afternoon.
5: Perfect. Very nice. And I know you don't want me on your boat, but I do recommend checking the lower quarters storage bays for boxes about. "Mm," Stretches his arms out. Yay, big. For your own personal safety, of course.
4: I'm going to do another check of our supplies. Yeah, that's wild what you just said about that person on our team. Listen, I feel a little responsible for the guy who fell overboard and we weren't able to find him, but you, uh, it's late. Are are you staying here?
5: I'm local. Don't worry about me.
4: Alright. Alice, you should go get Pike, and we'll get this sorted out. I'm sure he's got some sort of experience with this happening, and, and we need to really, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Angelo?
5: Angelo Edgecrest.
4: Got it. Oh, man. We're sort of on a schedule here, right? Because the lovely young lady, she's got funding, but it only covers us for a few days here. Oh,
5: don't let me slow you down. I mean, I'll step out of your way. I'll just observe the sizes of boxes coming in and out of the boat. I hope you don't mind that.
4: Absolutely. And like I said, I will be looking for what you said that Cook brought on board. I don't know anything about that. I assumed everything they brought on was scientific equipment. Did you check it, Alice? I don't know anything about weapons, I just know that he gave me this notebook and said he found it out by their campsite.
5: Guys, I'm on your team here, okay? I know that you're a nice man who owns a boat, you're a lovely scientist, I'm sure it's not your RPG. It's much more likely that the two more worldly members uh, with a spotted history of missing civilians is more likely the people to bring such necessities on board so i want to make sure that your names are cleared especially for the feds get here you know
4: alice now looks extremely worried and richards he's putting on a, a tough act but when you say before the feds get here he then starts to get a little shifty and he's like right uh so in the morning what well, we can talk some more after i've done a thorough check and rundown of what is aboard my boat
5: absolutely
4: Felicity, your vision ended just by seeing Damien interacting with Alice and Richards. You didn't hear any of the words that were said, but you could see clearly Alice waving Raven's notebook around uh-huh. so that's the that's the bad thing that you know is happening
1: Raven,
3: yeah, did you see Damien?
1: yes, he's fine. Things that are not fine, they have your notebook. what I don't know how they got no. it, but it
3: was. It was with my stuff in the cabin. I thought that was locked when we left.
1: I mean, I didn't lock it. Did you lock it?
3: Am I allowed to say, like, yes, we definitely <laughs> locked it? That seems like a thing we would do.
4: If you would have done it, you can certainly say that the door was locked, yeah.
3: Yeah, if there's locks, up, we definitely would have locked it. We are. Gary did give you oh. a key, so. Yeah. Oh, God, we definitely locked it then. We are a band of misfits with magic. There's no way we left our cabin unlocked.
1: <laughs> Um, well, then I don't know, but I mean, oh it's very God. recognizable in your notebook. Well,
3: yeah, it has all the information
1: that we that we have
3: about the lake monster and all of the theories that I put together in the last few days. And I might have written about Whitaker disappearing in it. Not like, oh, no, my uncle died. Like, Whitaker disappeared and we don't know where he is. She wrote all that stuff in her notebook and then they moved into the cabin. So I feel like in her brainstorming and, like, theorizing, there's definitely at least a couple scribbled notes of, like, Lake Monster can teleport. Whitaker disappeared without a trace. Teleported somewhere. You know what I mean? It's mentioned. Oh, oh God. I mean, my first instinct is we have to confront them. We have to get it back. I don't know how we're going to explain that we know that they have it. They're probably not going to tell us. But... How did they, they get it? Unless they broke into our cabin, in which case we can hopefully have Gary to back us up that that's not okay to do.
1: We can they, have them arrested.
3: I mean, maybe. Depends on if they took anything else. I don't think you can get arrested for stealing a notebook.
1: I feel like you can get arrested yeah, for breaking cabin. and entering.
3: Yeah. I will have to let Gary know that somebody else broke into his cabin that he owns
1: should we, we should we go inside and get him should we tell him now he was I... going to bed but that was just a couple of minutes ago unless he's one of those people that could just like fall asleep on a dime anywhere that he goes then i doubt that he's asleep
3: yet i think it's worth telling him right now yeah i think this this could be a really big problem and who knows if they if they broke into our cabin that could be a problem for him if they damaged anything
1: we need to go tell him felicity's heading to the door
4: you head to gary and vivian's room give a little knock and vivian actually is the one that opens the door she's got a similar nightgown to the dress she was wearing earlier it's like pink with the white polka dots and she says oh how was there something you guys needed before heading down tonight
1: yes we have a slight emergency and we need to talk to gary please okay gary put your pants back on i'm not asking any questions
4: (laughs) (laughs) gary comes to the door he's just got like his like huge sasquatch chest because he doesn't have a shirt on or anything and these little like red plaid pajama pants <laughs> and he says oh uh, what, what's the matter emergency what, what do you like going on what's up
1: yes so there has been an incident at the camp it's hard for me to explain to you how i know that but just trust me that i do somebody and by somebody i mean the scientists broke in to our cabin and stole Raven's notebook.
3: The notebook which contains a lot of information about the Willituck Lake monster. And Great. they could have stolen other stuff. We just know about the notebook right now.
4: That's an emergency for sure.
1: Now, uh Raven oh, boy. Raven. Yeah. Uh question yeah. for you. Have you written anything about the Sasquatch family in your notebook? No. No.
3: Okay. I I will say, I I have been picturing this not like a super detailed diary where she's like, today we did this or anything. I I think it's more of like just jotting down notes. So there's the stuff about the lake monster, but not... It doesn't have every single secret of everything we've ever done in it. Raven's not like that. (laughs) She would write it up online and then encrypt it somewhere.
4: Gary scratches the back of his head. He says, gosh, it's a moit lake. I mean... Y'all need to rest, right? I'm I'm pretty tired. We did a lot today. I mean, yeah, yeah but I, like,
3: would we be able to take your truck back down to the site? We could, we could bring it back by morning when you need it. I just, I don't, I don't think I'll be able to sleep knowing that they, they have our stuff.
1: Maybe give us directions.
4: It's a little complicated, you see, because that's sort of the protection I've got on this place up here. If you tried to drive my truck, I don't know that you'd find your way back there uh, anytime soon. And he calls over his shoulder. He says, Vivian, I gotta go back to camp. This is uh, this is some big stuff we're dealing with here." She says, "Well, all right, if it's if it's important." Yeah, I know this is uh, this is a big one, dear. Okay, uh, I'm gonna get dressed and I'll meet you down outside in about ten minutes.
3: You're the realist, Gary. Thank you so much. I'm sorry oh. we're such a nuisance. <laughs>
4: Oh, please, you're doing me a favor, catching these crooks here. So that's that's good. It's just it's
0: a lot all in one day. Here
4: we go. The door? Here we go. Hugo, how are you feeling about this plan to just rush back?
1: Oh, yeah, Hugo, what's up? <laughs>
0: Hugo is already sitting in the truck bed. He's actually been, <laughs> he's actually been sitting there during the, the entire time waiting <laughs> to see how they would handle things.
3: Complete faith in us that so we would end up going back to camp.
0: Delightful. Mm-hmm. God,
3: imagine if Felicity and I decided to not tell Gary and sleep on it, and Hugo just sits in the back of the truck for a little while.
0: (laughs) He would have just slept there.
3: Oh, I keep thinking that we need to, like, tell more people, but Whitaker and Aiden are on the other side of the world, and Damien is still back in the camp, so it's just the three of us. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll just uh, get our stuff ready and go.
4: You collect your things, go to head out. Hugo, you hear from outside the truck bed, Mr. Hugo! Mr. Hugo, I, I heard some people talking outside my parents' room, so I came down to see what was going on, and it sounds like you're leaving.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure when we'll be coming back.
4: You will come back, though, right? We'll try. I suppose you have lots of hero stuff to do.
0: It is a busy job. But hey, I have you as a sidekick, so it's worth it.
4: <gasps> when I grow up, I will be a hero just like you, Mr. Hugo.
0: No, mm-mm. you'll be a hero better than me promise
4: I well i am pretty tired so i'm gonna go back to bed
0: have a good night you hear
4: ampering away (laughs) and a few minutes later gary raven and felicity come out of the house and he hops in the cab says uh no rest for the weary there you go (laughs) starts up the truck
1: gary i hate to do this to you but i will not be joining you in the front i feel like we have some important things to discuss in the back
4: Oh, please, if you got to get a plan sorted, then I'm fine. to just, you know, I'll put on the radio or something. Keeps me focused.
1: Okay. So she's going to go sit in the back with everybody else.
4: Gary takes off. You guys head back down the trail. I will say that just for flavor, when you are driving back, you don't recognize any of the landmarks (laughs) that you saw coming in. It is dark, so it's hard to see them. But like, even with the headlights of the truck, it's like you're coming down a completely different trail than you did to get up here.
1: Oh, nice. Love that.
4: So what do you guys talk about in the truck bed?
1: I'm going to give Damien a
4: call. Okay. Damien, how do you resolve the confrontation with Alice and Paul on the docks?
5: Damien is going to remain at the edge of the docks and just double check with Ward. Where did you say you got that notebook from? I love the cover on it. It just doesn't seem like your style.
4: She is holding it pressed up against her chest and she says, I don't know how you would tell that from just looking at me, but...
5: Oh, you were shouting about how you found
4: stuff. Right. Yeah, uh, Cook, the guy we're working with, he said he found this and thought I should look at it.
5: Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's the two of them. The two of you seem so lovely and polite. I'm sorry to barge in here so late, but when you get the call, you've got to get going on it, so I'll just wait at the edge of the dock and keep an eye on things uh, don't mind me and if there's anything i can do to stay out of your way let me know and I will she... have questions for cook i just don't want to leave the last known site of the rocket launcher
4: yeah you know i'm gonna go look on the boat also and see what i can find Maybe you just want to wait here
5: oh of course of course and yeah if you find it you can just chuck it overboard i'm not here to bust people i'm here to keep people safe
4: she goes up on the boat with richards so then felicity's gonna call you i guess Hello, this is
5: Angelo Edgecrest, Private Eye. How can I help you?
1: Oh, okay. So that's what's going on here. Hang on, Angelo. I'm gonna put you on speakerphone real quick, okay?
5: Perfect. Yeah, is is that Raven there?
1: Oh yes, Raven, Raven is here.
5: Raven, so I know you hired me to work this case and so far they haven't revealed any evidence of murder but it does look like they, and by they, I mean, Cook snuck into the cabin and grabbed one of your notebooks and has given it to Alice. I've currently got Alice and Paul on the boat, double checking to make sure that the RPG isn't there. So I'm mostly stalling for time and hoping they talk a lot and say things into my tape recorder. Wow. How was dinner?
3: It was great. You've been productive. So you told them I hired you for the the death of my uncle Whitaker?
5: Yeah, I didn't give too many details about myself or your situation because I wasn't too positive what you were talking about on the boat. Good, so.
3: good. Uh, Felicity did her, uh, you know, think really hard about someone to know exactly what they're doing things. So we knew about the notebook just now, but we had no idea that Cook was the one who went and stole it We are actually in Gary's truck right now Heading back to the camp So Yeah, you you
1: should tell them that the person who hired you Is uh, heading down there No, don't tell them that They don't need to know we're on our way so they can hide the evidence Oh,
3: sure, It'd be great sure. if we could just Catch them with my yeah. stuff And we have Gary with us So if they did any damage to the cabin Breaking in, he'll at least Be able to do something about it <laughs> We're really winging it right now
2: no well, Aiden anyway.
3: disappeared. She's with okay.
2: Let's
5: not make you. a habit of disappearing. And I like the idea of having the three of you as a secret surprise play.
3: Yeah, I think we should keep us coming back as a surprise for now. You just keep doing what you're doing, Damien. You're doing a great job.
5: Aw, thank you. And Raven, I did want to say that I really appreciated when Aiden was doing her big magic plan and wasn't going to include me, you made the comment that you wanted to try to include me on things, and I really appreciate that. Oh, well,
3: you're a valued member of our team, Damien. I know you do things- That's so
5: weird to hear.
3: A little bit differently, but I'm glad to have you on.
5: Yeah, this whole team thing is really cool. People should do this more often.
1: (laughs) Hey, Gary, Gary, (laughs) Gary. Hey, Gary. What what is it? Uh, when will we get there? Oh, it's about a 30-minute drive, just like last time.
3: (laughs) We're approximately four minutes in. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, thank you, Gary. Okay. We'll be there in about 30 minutes, Mr. Private Eye.
5: Okay, I'm not going to lie, I pulled that out of my ass, so stalling for another 26 minutes is going to be rough, but we'll see how it goes.
3: See if you can stall by, you know, just keep an eye on things. You don't need to talk to them for the next 30 minutes. Just kind of
1: just kind of hover and hang out. We'll be there soon. Sounds good. Come up with some interrogation questions to ask them so they don't leave.
5: I'll just keep bugging them.
1: Yeah, that's what private eyes do, right?
5: Sure. Yeah, I've really only seen them in movies, so I Fame. am really, really winging this. I know absolutely nothing about their job.
3: Well, it seems like you've convinced him so far. We'll be there to back you up real real
1: soon.
5: Drive safe.
1: Okay, bye. I love you.
5: Oh, I love you too.
3: Can we just acknowledge how Maddie yelled Gary's name like four times and then I watched (laughs) Natalie's face go from, wow, this is fun to watch to, oh God, I'm Gary.
4: Oh no, it was because I—it was because I was muted. I responded the first time, but then it didn't go through, and I was like, "Ah, damn it!" That was even better. That.
1: that was even better. <laughs> I didn't
3: I see was your mouth move at all. You just mm. looked so amused to be like following along with the conversation, <laughs> and then it was like instant panic. <laughs>
2: I totally thought Natalie had forgotten she was Gary, too. I thought that was great. <laughs> no, it was just...
1: <laughs> See, I had the utmost faith in Natalie's keeper skills, and I thought she was playing it. Like, he couldn't hear me over his radio, so...
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, um, truck's
1: loud, radio's loud. It's gonna take me a couple of times.
4: <laughs> Let's check in with another group who is waiting for some time to pass. Agent Whitaker and Aiden. The last thing we left on was Agent Ross putting her sword into that crack in the stone, natural-formed dais. And when she does Whitaker, the sword immediately lights up with that ghostly blue glow that it has when she's using her powers. She seems to get racked by this energy, more so than if she was just using it herself. Pretty quickly after it's happened, she lets go of the sword, and collapses onto the stone.
2: Whitaker runs forward. Is everything all right? What happened?
4: Max stops you before you can take too many steps up the dais. And he says, "Uh, that's normal. If you try and go in there right now, there's like a barrier or something. Aiden, not listening to him and him only having enough time to stop you, goes up and just puts her hand against this ghostly veil that starts to swirl around Ross and the sword. He's right and she can't get in close to Ross to like help her sit up or anything.
2: What's going on exactly? How much do you know?
4: Well, She doesn't really share all the specifics with me but from what I can tell she's talking to whatever's in that sword right now. This is how they can communicate in a way that's a little more clear and direct than whatever other stuff is going on between them.
2: So we just wait and guard the place then?
4: Yeah, that's usually what I do. Gotta have my partners back.
2: Fair enough. You ever been to Edinburgh before?
4: Uh, remind me, is Edinburgh famous for anything? It's in Scotland.
2: It's, very... it's got great clubs, great architecture. It's the city that's like built on top of the older city, so gotcha. there's a lot of like underground vaults and stuff that have all been converted into clubs.
4: Spiegel says, uh, we passed through one time, we were in the country, but didn't spend a lot of time there. Why? Just thought I'd
2: ask. It's around the corner.
4: Yeah, no, we don't do a lot of sightseeing here.
2: I, t- I take it you guys don't take up many of those vacation days for vacation, huh?
4: That generally is not how it's been. Yeah, that's fair. Whitaker, I need you to read a bad situation, Lonnie.
2: I would love to read a bad situation. Uh, it's a nine. Oh, I can roll plus cool seven plus sharp, would've been a ten. Lovely. Yeah, I got, got a ten. Are there any dangers Lonnie has not noticed?
4: Not so much a danger, but you see Aiden has backed away from the steps of the dais and that blue mist that's swirling around Ross and the sword has started to come into focus is the best way I can describe it, where rather than just this blue fog and swirling motes of light, they now start to take on the form of figures moving and walking and interacting and you see this figure of a tall woman in leathers and furs, and she has the same sword on her back. And she's walking down a trail in the woods. You see her interacting with other people in similar garb, and you realize that these projections are thoughts and experiences that this ghost is sharing with Ross.
2: Next question. Hard to say, I'm not really sure
4: uh, okay. You, you can save the questions B. if you want to for another, like, for later on. I'll, I think I'll ask, one. Well, not that I'm going to act on it, but just
2: in case, what's What's the best way in? If we needed to pull Ross out of there for any reason, what mm. would be the best way in? Uh, if any.
4: Yeah. You are honestly not sure. You could just try to keep forcing it. Aiden's here, so maybe she could use magic or something to get you in to get Ross out. She's pretty resilient when it comes to taking damage and that sort of thing. So you figure, like, well, maybe we could just get her to like rush and grab her and get out before the force field like really affected her or something. But yeah, physically, if you go up and touch the barrier, it doesn't feel like there's any way to get past it. All
2: right. Yeah, it's just like solid. It doesn't shock shock you when you touch it. Or it it's like not that.
4: painful to like press against it. It feels a little cold to the touch. But other than that, it's just like a very strong wind or magnetic force that's, like, keeping you from approaching her. Gotcha. You, could, you could maybe make the assumption that the best way to keep her, or the best way to get past it would be to try and somehow get Ross to stop the communion that she's going through.
2: Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, and I guess I'll just save the last one for when things change or something like that. Whitaker's just gonna walk around the Tagus
4: After she realizes that it's not more danger coming from this haze, Aiden has stepped back up onto the closest step she can to where Ross is laying and just as her hand sort of resting on the barrier as the images float by and pass in front of her.
2: Uh, I guess just wait, watch what's happening.
4: Yeah, you guys just have to wait, see what changes. Jump back to Damien. Who is just smoking cigarettes. A constant chain of cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah. So you're standing on the edge of the docks, smoking for a little while. You can't really hear what Alice and Paul are talking about on the boat, because they're speaking in whispers and you're a little ways away. You hear after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, footsteps approaching from behind you, from the campsite. And you turn, and you see that Pike, Cook, and Beverly are all heading down from their cabin, and they're carrying equipment, and it looks like they're headed for the boat. Just watches,
5: gives him a little friendly nod.
4: Pike also returns the nod, but he doesn't waste a lot of time on you. He calls out once he's going up the steps to the boat, Richards, start her up, and you can go in here, what, <laughs> from the interior of the boat. And he says, you heard me, we're heading out now. Do
5: any of the boxes that these gentlemen are carrying look to be RPGs or like a big dolly that they're carrying stuff on or it's just handheld equipment?
4: Beverly is carrying her diving equipment. Cook has two black cases. You're not sure what's in them, but that might match the description you're trying to look for. And Pike, meanwhile, has a duffel bag that seems to be full of recording equipment and other instruments for registering or tagging sea life
5: Oh, uh, guys, one quick question. Are you all going on the boat? I just, I, I'd hate for you to, you know, leave your cabin unattended. I heard there's people who will just go in and take notebooks and stuff. You gotta watch out for that.
4: Beverly looks to Aaron and she says, I locked the door. And Pike is just like <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Continue and, and and Pike is just like Yeah, I don't know what you mean, friend. Have a nice evening. You see Cook is shooting you a dirty look, but nobody else is really paying much attention to you. And Perfect. you can see Alice is talking in like hushed tones to Pike up on the deck of the boat as it starts to you hear the engine turn on.
5: Do you have anything valuable in your cabin?
4: They don't respond to your questions. Beverly is like watching you now, like giving you also odd looks and you don't hear anything said because the engine now is louder than people are talking, but you see Cook like says something to her and she shrugs and he just waves you off like, don't worry about it. She's like, okay, and then goes back to setting up her stuff.
5: Damien is sending a quick text saying that they are all on board the boat and that their cabin is unattended. And Damien is going to look back longingly at the cabin, full of unattended stuff behind a mere locked door, and then look back towards the boat, and that's his responsibilities. That's what he's got to address. So he is going to quickly figure out the quickest object he can get behind to transform into an animal, and he's going to tag along.
4: So your private eye, does the thing Damien is very known for at this point, where he walks behind a tree and what comes out is a little raccoon or otter or something.
5: I like otters, cause I'm gonna need to go in the water to get closer to the boat.
4: So you're just gonna let people know that the cabin's empty and that you're gonna follow this research boat as it takes off?
5: Yes, I would like to just attach to the boat and hang along for the ride like a barnacle or as a barnacle.
4: Yeah, I'll say you're able to, in the darkness, catch up to their boat, and from otter form, just (sniffs) has a little mollusk or something on the side. Who gets the text from you about their cabin being unattended?
5: Uh, Felicity was the most recent number in his phone.
4: So Felicity, Damien lets you know that the boat is leaving, either having been tipped off or just from Alice having the notebook. They are now keen to get out there and find this creature before anyone else can have the chance to.
1: Uh, Guys, they're leaving. Leaving where? Like on the boat. All of them? Yes.
3: They're all getting on the boat, leaving (laughs) their cabin empty. empty. Do you think Gary would have a problem with us breaking into their cabin?
1: Gary! Yeah! Hey, um.
3: Maybe we shouldn't tell him if we're gonna do that. I love you! You know, plausible deniability. We don't want to get
5: him <laughs> he, he just says, Thanks! I think
1: you're nice! is ah. the best. Ah, thanks! Thanks! Thanks, Gary! Okay! Honestly, at least Gary we're is keeping sasquatch, him away. and
4: he's a little weirded out by you guys at this point. <laughs> Man. Yeah, but per Felicity's hunches role, you guys are going to show up too late to stop the problem. So That's fine.
3: We'll figure when, something out.
4: Yeah. I love this. This helps set up further problems.
1: Yep, good. Day!
4: You pull up in Gary's car about 20 minutes later. Damien, you're on the boat, so we'll get a scene with you in a little bit. What is the first thing our trio does once they're back at Echo Bay camp?
3: Raven wants to check on our cabin. I don't know what everyone else wants to do if they want to come with me, but she's making a beeline for what we call the cougar cabin. Is cougar that which cabin. one we're in?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: He's heading straight for cougar
4: cabin. <laughs> you head there. The door is locked.
3: Okay. Interesting. Can she do just like a quick walk around to see if any windows are broken or like open or just like a super quick walk around the
4: building, to see if anything's weird. You're checking from the outside of the building first. Yeah. None of the windows look broken. It doesn't seem like there's any sign of like a forced entry.
3: Okay. Not super weird um yeah if she's got the key she'll unlock the door and go in
4: why don't you i guess this would be investigate a mystery or even just a pure sharp roll to see what you discover
3: yeah i'll do i can do investigate a mystery and see what happens Ooh, that's a 12
4: that's really good
3: she's very serious about this i mean this is (laughs) her strength this is the thing she's good at yes she is the searcher So are we saying that's an investigative mystery or just
4: straight sharp? No, let's let you ask some questions. Uh, I think some of them are definitely applicable here. I'll ask what happened here. You get in the cabin, turn the lights on. You start looking immediately through your things to be like, what'd they take? What's missing? Ah." You notice that your backpack is unzipped. And it seems like the only thing missing is that notebook that you had written down things about the lake monster in.
3: That's so weird.
4: You also see that other people's bags, and we'll say that just Raven now is trying very hard to remember exactly how the room looked when you left. And you notice that a few other people's bags have been ruffled through or opened and like set back down in a different spot or hung in a different part of the bunk bed that's in here or whatever. So it's it's clear that someone went through your stuff. They were very subtle about it though. And only if you were type of person who notices details like Raven is, would you really pick up on the fact that, oh, hey, Felicity put her bag on the bed, not beside the bed. And I definitely had Whitaker's things stacked in a different way than they are now.
3: Is Felicity and Hugo in in the cabin with her? Yep. Guys, if you... I, I would go through your stuff. Just take a quick inventory, see if anything else is missing.
1: I will go through my stuff.
3: It looks like they rifled through everybody's stuff, so... So. Just be really thorough. We'll, we'll see what else they took.
0: Hugo, uh, instead of going through his stuff, is actually going to look around and see if there's any equipment that wasn't there before.
4: Mm. So an additional thing, maybe. For this Hugo, I'll just have you roll plus sharp.
3: I will also... I was going to use one of my questions to ask what is being concealed here, and I feel like that kind of falls into the same thing that Hugo's looking for. For sure. So if you want to like answer it for both of us, but he's specifically looking for hidden equipment.
0: He well, you know, sucks at this stuff anyway and got a five, so don't worry about hey, it. Hey, look at
4: that. He no. gets some experience, though. You don't find any equipment that would signify that it was that team that came in here and took stuff. There's nothing immediately damning about what you find. Raven, you, once you tell them to look through their stuff, start to investigate the rest of the cabin. And the thing you notice is that the fireplace in here Looks like it was recently used, like there's char on the bricks of the fireplace, except there's no ash in the place where you would put wood to burn. And you know that it's spring, there's not really a reason to have a fire in the cabin when you could just cook outside.
3: And it definitely wasn't like that when we first moved in.
4: Yeah, I'll say you noticed that too, that there's char on the fireplace, but you didn't have a fire here.
3: So there's no, it's not like burned paper or there's nothing... it's It's literally
4: just just like a residue from smoke or something having been in the fireplace
3: um she will definitely point that out to hugo and felicity
4: felicity do you want to roll sharp to see what you might find in the room
1: yeah i get a fun thing with uh investigative mystery which i haven't done really much um is my spirits can help me and so
4: Ah. they can
1: they can look for kind of spirity things i guess things that i probably wouldn't see Here goes Cracked Felicity. I got a 12. Oh, sick, and I took the advanced move for Investigate a Mystery. Wow, I'm so glad I took that. I have two
3: advanced basic moves, and I never, ever use them. I have help out and act under pressure. I, like, just double-checked. I was like, wait, I know I have them. What (laughs) are they? I picked the two that I don't use. When you do
4: use them, it'll be very cool.
3: I think that's why
4: I did that. So, Felicity, you can ask me any question about... What's going on?
1: Hmm...
4: How'd they get in the chimney?
1: Oh yeah! How'd they get in? That's what I want to
4: know. I don't want to just tell you the answer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Can I use my last investigative mystery question to boost that and see if you can give us a little more information? If you want, sure. I'm going to ask what sort of creature is it, in case that helps at all. Maybe if we brainstorm together while staring at the fireplace.
4: by spending that question, you're also sharing everything you've picked up with everyone in the group. So, Felicity, your spirits are helping you, and Ghosty and Tom don't actually help you find anything. It's how they're acting that lets you put together that something is off about this. The door wasn't unlocked or jammed or kicked in or anything, so there wasn't, like I said, forced entry in here. But Raven points out the smoke around the chimney, the fact that whoever did this was pretty professional about it and ghosty and tom are acting like they're scared of something like this place is creeping them out now and it wasn't before and hugo you remember the story that aranya kabe gave you for dealing with him earlier
0: oh no! do you think
4: you can put it all together now
3: oh no can you remind us what that story oh,
4: was because no. i am blanking <laughs> i could have
0: sworn that that involved lots and lots of blood mm.
4: how am i not remembering this that story did but it also Oops. involved smoke
1: yeah wasn't it like the smoke creature that like came into the easting agency wasn't that it
4: hugo you recall the story that kabe gave you of flint the room
0: filled with smoke and he came through and Mm.
4: Yeah, where mm. Flint was in holding by the Eastie agency, but something oh. made of smoke came in and killed him before he could answer any questions about yeah. what was going on.
1: Oh my god. Right, I kind of got it. <laughs> I was getting there. Oh so, my
4: god.
0: I realized I never actually shared that with everyone. So Hugo's going to share that information with everyone because. <laughs>
4: okay. So not only do you guys find out that probably some sort of strange smoke monster came in and took the stuff, but also that Hugo had a vision where he was dealing with Dr. Kabe again, and also that this thing is very dangerous and is the person that killed Flint, because Damien had told you before that Flint was dead and that King Octopus had his head.
3: Oh my god.
0: So either one of them is that person, or they are somehow entangled in whatever less than savory web is woven.
3: Yeah, so either, we had to pick someone, I bet it's Cook. Damien said that that's who found my notebook, or they're like working for probably this smoke entity.
0: Hmm.
3: How do we fight a cloud of smoke?
0: Oh, we don't. That's not our problem right now.
1: Oh. It's a
3: little bit
0: our problem. It
1: broke into our house. We'll deal with that I been just sit down <laughs> in the middle is of it, the floor. Is it working with them? Is it, are they? Ah!
4: Let's cut away while you guys reel with the implications of this revelation. Collective <laughs> screaming. Damien, you're on Ship Happens as a barnacle. Why don't you act under pressure?
5: Damien is going to turn into a starfish once he remembers that starfish exist and that they're cool, fun shapes.
4: Uh, But then he rolls
5: a five, so that is a fail.
4: (laughs) Oh, I give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or price to pay. How mean am I going to be? Do you have any harm right now, Damien?
5: That depends on how much Hugo did. If Hugo just removed the unstable, then I have four harm. If Hugo also did healing, then I have less than that done to me.
4: I'm pretty sure I said he healed you for two, which would have stabilized you.
5: Okay, so I have two harm done to me out of seven. I'm going to get smacked by waves or someone littered, and I get stuck with one of those six-pack plastic rings.
4: On a miss, whatever the pressure has overwhelmed the hunter. Interesting. Damien, remember when you were saying you had to really be responsible? You don't want to be responsible. You've been responsible all night. And now you know that your friends are teaming up to go look in a cabin full of unattended stuff. And Pike's team, while you are working against them, are also teaming up. And Felicity and Raven told you you are a valued member of the team. And God, you want to be on a team right now. And you can't be a team by yourself. So you unstarfish, turn into a seagull, and fly back to everyone else because your envious nature takes over.
5: I love it. I just almost want to burn the luck point to stay on the boat.
4: That's very fair. I would not object to that.
5: Yeah, he's got to sink the boat. It's too important.
4: Okay. Luck over
5: experience.
4: Override that. Damien spends luck and through some evolution in your psyche and personality, you push away that envious feeling and you say, I am part of the team. They told me I was and I wasn't even with them at the time. That means I can stay here and still be part of the team and do my job.
5: He's aligned his evil chakras. He's no longer stuck on envy. He has wrath and pride <laughs> and sloth and gluttony and lust. It's He's the whole evil kit and caboodle now.
4: Everything's lining up, yeah. Well, great. Then I will change the scene that was going to happen. By acting under pressure well, you are your starfish. And starfish can move, so you slowly start to creep up the side of the boat. It takes you a while because you're moving stealthily and as a starfish, but... As you climb up on the boat, by the time you reach the edge and could hang out on the railing maybe, you can see Beverly is suiting up. She's got her full diving gear on and she gives Pike a hug and clips herself to this cable. It seems like she's going to dive deep with a device that will let her search for things in the darker water at night. Alice is over by the sonar station and she has quick access to the periscope as well cook seems to just be hanging out topside he's got a pair of binoculars around his neck but he's not doing much pike past beverly's shoulder and richards has the boat idling now to stay in one spot and let her do a dive while they start scanning for the sea creature
0: so
5: turner is the diver and who did she hug before she
4: jumped under pike pike okay
5: Just notes for the ships.
4: Oh, they're definitely an item. It's not a secret that they are dating.
5: Once she goes under, she has scuba diving equipment that she's using to breathe and a line tied to the boat for the purposes of not losing sight of where she is.
4: The line is just a cable that is gonna be able to pull her back if they need to.
5: Perfect. And it's a pretty thick cable. I yeah, would like, need large bolt cutters. You need as bolt cutters or something. Small, yeah, sm- a small handhold thing wouldn't do it. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine.
4: Yeah, so you are up there on the deck. Do you stay subtle and casual for a little bit?
5: Uh, he's going to attach himself to the line and go down underwater with
4: the diver. Oh, like ride the line down? You mean? Yes. You get on the line, and as she dives deeper and deeper, you are brought under the water. Uh, That's really that scene. Let's jump back to our people in the cabin. Have you guys had enough time to absorb what's going on? Or come up with a plan on what to do next?
1: Yes, I would like to break the game again.
4: All right, I figured.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just giving you a little rest from uh, the game breaking. Because she's never seen this creature before. She's going to go up and touch a little bit of the soot that's left over in the chimney to try to connect herself with it a little bit more. And she's going to sit down in front of the fireplace and find it. Hopefully.
4: (laughs) This is tune in again.
1: Yes. I got a nine. So where is this creature right now?
0: Tune in. Gonna wish we didn't know.
1: Yep. It's going to be like, it's right behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
4: find one hole to ask a question. Okay. Okay. Felicity does her thing. She sits there hunched over in front of the fireplace, rubbing the soot between her thumb and pointer finger. And you get a vision. And all you see right now is darkness, just absolutely pitch black darkness. And you think, maybe the magic didn't work. Normally I see something. What you then see after a minute of like, maybe if I just wait, maybe if I'm patient, maybe it's like having a slow time or whatever. You see a line of light up here, and you hear clips being flipped. And that line of light expands into a night sky and a flashlight being pointed down, and you hear... Time to go. And as the flashlight moves away from the figure holding it, you can see that it's Cook.
0: Ah,
1: I knew it!
4: And this smoke being is pouring out of a case. (laughs) on the deck of Ship Happens. I and knew it! <laughs> for the purposes of exposition, Felicity, I will say your vision is able to latch on. You're pushing yourself, pushing yourself. Are you willing to take a harm to keep watching?
1: Uh, let me check. I don't think I have any harm right now. Um, so yes, definitely.
4: Okay. Your vision expands so that it's not just the perspective of the smoke creature, but you see Cook pulls a gun out of his coat and points it at Pike who just has time to turn and be like, what? Bang! Cook shoots Pike, who doubles over and then falls onto the deck of the ship. Alice screams, and Cook points his gun at her, and he says, Don't move, lady. Just keep looking for that fish. And she's just like, "Ah, ah, ah." Richards comes up on the deck, and he says, What the hell's going- Whoa! Cook, what are you- Get back in there and drive the boat. Okay man, listen, I'm just the driver, I don't wanna have any trouble here, whatever's going on, get in the wheelhouse! Okay, okay, okay! You see he does grab Pike, and so Richards pulls Pike into the wheelhouse. Cook then turns to this creature, and he says, Go tell the king, I'll have the creature soon. And the smoke creature fully forms on the deck of the boat, it is that person wearing the biker helmet and the black jacket, but they are a full ghostly centaur made of smoke and they rear back and then leap off the deck of the boat and just start running across the surface of the water like a fog cloud. Cook goes over. He pulls out some heavy duty clippers and and cuts the line on Beverly. Your vision ends. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Oh my
3: god. Was Felicity telling us like play by play what she was seeing? Or does she now have to explain everything she just saw?
4: She can just share it all with you. I don't, there's no like reason to have to re-describe everything I just said.
3: No, I know. I'm just wondering if we were reacting to all of it with her or if we have to wait for Felicity to, like, calm down before she can tell us what uh, she
4: saw. I think it's sort of an out-of-body thing. So, yeah, she can't react when she's having these visions. It yeah, sort of freezes her in the moment.
3: Oh, boy. So, yeah. Uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh <laughs> so much. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I
4: told you it was going to be a heavy session.
3: Oh my God. And okay. So we know D- Damien texted Felicity and said that he was going with them. So we just, we know all of that happened just now because Felicity saw it all happen. And do we know that Damien is with them somehow on the boat? Yeah. You know
4: that Damien followed them and went with them. I'm oh my Raven, God. I
1: don't know, man. I feel like this is kind of above our pay grade. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, a little this, bit. Is, this is exactly at your pay grade.
1: This uh, does not feel like I- Am I even getting paid? That's my question here! Well, Felicity, I'm an
3: intern. I'm pretty sure it's unpaid. I don't think Damien's paying you under his agency he just made up.
0: Welcome to what we do.
3: Uh, okay. No. Have we heard from Aiden or Whitaker? Nope. Okay, so it's just the three of us, kind of the four of us, but Damien's on the boat, and we can't contact him because he's probably, you know, a sea creature. Oh God, what are we gonna do?
4: What are you gonna do? You have to do something.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, should we get should we get Gary and get on the boat? It seems like him this-,
1: into this. He's he's just the groundskeeper. Let's just go. Should yeah, we
3: let him know like, at least what happened. So yeah, we have to like keep him updated at least.
1: Did he go back to the cabin already?
4: No, he um he's staying down there as long as you guys are there. I'd even say he's, like, been just waiting just outside. So if he hears a bunch of yelling and shouting and panicked reactions, he just comes in. He says, I heard something going on. Did you find any evidence? a got breaking? shot! Which... Somebody got oh shot! Oh, my gosh! When? Oh, God. I like, didn't
0: hear anything! Out. Where?
1: It was on the, the boat! The scientists! They're crazy! We gotta go! Go? You, you wanna follow him?
3: I mean, uh, we yeah, gotta... Our
1: friend is on there! Oh, my gosh. All right, I'll go. I'll get the Vivian song ready. Here we go. Here we go. I knew we could count you, Gary.
0: <laughs> we have gone from secrecy to anti-poaching.
3: Yeah. Oh, man, I'm just, like, going um, through I... all my stuff. Of like, is there anything I can bring with me that would be helpful? Is there anything in my skills that will be helpful right
1: now? I know it's not going to work, but I'm going to try calling Whitaker again.
4: All right, it doesn't work
1: yeah i figured
4: at <laughs> the um, shot
3: raven's gonna send another text to aiden just like a really quick like sos we need you back here as soon as possible please
4: <laughs> okay um things went bad fast yeah felicity while you're panicking and freaking out as gary gets ready you feel that piece of you that is still sort of linked to aiden is also you're getting a lot of stress from her end too So you're not sure what is going on with her because you don't have that link fully visualized again. But you get the feeling that whatever is keeping Aiden from just coming right back with Whitaker is there. They might also be in trouble for some reason. And you remember the last part of your vision where she was dodging that big sword being thrown around.
1: This is bad, guys. This is all bad.
4: As an aside... Don't give up hope. You guys are very powerful hunters.
1: <laughs> no, I know. We're
3: not giving up. We're just it's at a just loss.
1: Felicity yeah? as a character. She's like, well, this is more than we've dealt with before. Uh are they are they on the boat now? Are
3: they heading to the boat? I was just about to ask, is Hugo coming with us on the boat?
0: Hugo? This one, yeah.
1: Okay. Woo! <laughs> Hugo Party!
0: Okay. Probably gonna be needed.
1: So Felicity is afraid. And so before she gets on the boat and loses her cell phone signal, she's going to text her mom that she loves her, just in case. Oh, God.
4: As Felicity hits send, we are going to jump over to Whitaker and Aiden in Borden's tomb, the giant graveyard.
2: I totally forgot, like, I had questions for Aiden when she showed up fucking ask him. I've been to Edinburgh, What the fuck?
4: <laughs> ask him now. You've been sitting there for like an hour. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Aside from more visions of this person that Ross is communing with.
2: Yeah, so Whitaker watched that for a bit and realized there's probably not a lot he can glean from it. And he goes over and he sort of sits down next to Aiden. I um I, I don't mean to pry, but um I really do want to understand as much as I can about what's happening here. From what Spiegel and Ross have told me, they decided to go here immediately after the attack on the East Agency with the radio ghost, and it had something to do with you. What happened? I know we left you all in kind of a sorry state with all of those ghost hands and whatever, and Ross is talking about remembering things, and do you, do you know what, what went down, what might have caused Ross to go all the way across the world to see, or to understand what she saw?
4: Aiden still has her hand pressed up against the barrier, and now that you're sitting next to her, you can see she's had her golden aura just pressing against the barrier this entire time. She pulls it away for a second and sits down next to you. I don't know what Ross was shown, but I think she came here to get a full story. It's something I didn't think I would have to share. It's a very painful part of my past. And before she can say much more, the aura pulses once and a lot of the images fade and they all coalesce to this one vision now. And Aiden's eyes go wide and she kind of just like nudges you and points. And get ready for some fucking exposition, y'all.
2: My notes are ready.
4: You see that same woman in the leather and fur getup. She has azure war paint on her face. She's very tall and she has the massive sword. But in this memory, she's not just standing around or interacting with people. She is in battle. She's wielding this sword. And you've always seen Ross move this thing telekinetically because it seems like it would be too big for any normal person to wield. But this figure in the vision is swinging it around and she's moving like a storm of steel and blood as she clashes with these larger figures than her, which look like they're the giants that you see, their armor and things scattered around. So you can key in like, oh, it's these giants. Somewhere beyond the scope of this little view of the vision, you see flashes of bright light going off just as frequently as she strikes into a foe or fells one and then takes its head. One of the giants picks up a log and throws it at her, and she just cleaves it in half. And she's deflecting boulders and things as these giants are trying to swarm her and take her down. You can see she's got a bunch of injuries at this point, but she's pushing beyond, driven by some primal motivation to keep going. And this fight goes on for a while, and eventually all the giants around her are fallen and apparently slain. She puts the sword in the ground next to one of these corpses and takes a minute to just breathe and pause. And she puts a hand to her mouth and you can see she's calling to someone. You don't hear the voice, it's all just visual. And she calls and turns for a moment and that giant that's lying next to her reaches up, grabs her sword and slams it through her chest and down into stone that she's standing on. Aiden flinches when that part of the vision happens and the giant leans forward with its big bearded head, says something that you can't hear, and then expires and lets go of the sword and falls. At this point, Ross, who's been lying on the ground the whole time, sits up and is now sitting inside this vision. Aiden forces herself into the barrier and sits down and puts her hand on Ross's
2: Whitaker presses against the barrier. He can't get through, right? You can't get
4: through, but you can hear what's being said as Ross starts to speak. And you see a little bit of blood come out of Ross's mouth. And you still see the vision, too, above the two of them. Hello, adventurers. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. This one's full of so many twists and reveals. And we're only to the halfway mark as it is. That being said, I thought it would be important to mention two things during this break. First, if you're loving this story and all the adventure and mystery we explore each week, then please share the podcast with your friends. Word of mouth is still the best way for us to pick up new listeners, and it's the best way for you to have a friend who will freak out with you over the episodes each week. And just because we play very well to a nerdy, fantasy-loving, queer-positive audience— That doesn't mean your straight cousin Dave, who's a geeky fan of fitness, wouldn't enjoy the story, too. I see all you straight adventurers out there. We appreciate you. And secondly, with all that in mind, the cast and I would like to ask our lovely listeners that you please be mindful of not spoiling anything. For new listeners, or folks who might be listening to the episodes a little slower than you. Use spoiler tags like responsible fans, and that way everyone will get to enjoy the exciting developments at their own pace. Take care, adventurers. And spoiler alert, in the second half of this episode, things get wild. That warrior is now staring at her own blade, unable to fall because her body is literally supported by this big blade shoved into the stone through her. And this source of light rockets down in the vision and surrounds this warrior so brightly now that you can't see what that figure and this source of light are doing. But you see Aiden squeezing Ross's hand and she starts to cry and their voices start to take on this feeling like they're reliving what happened and you just hear Aiden say, Treya, oh my god, no. And Ross coughs. coughs, more of this ghostly blood is coming out of her mouth. And now Ross starts to speak, get out of here, you have to save her. And she's also starting to cry and it's like messing up the black makeup she's always wearing freya let me heal this and then we'll don't you need to save your strength aiden please go get her and aiden quiet tears run down her face <laughs> i'm so sorry and she actually leans forward and kisses ross's forehead i love you near ross i know go and in the vision you see that light It rises just as quickly as it came, and that warrior is gone, and all you see is the sword left in the stone, and the swirling barrier dissipates. And Mac runs up and stands behind Ross to support her as she goes to lean back, and Aiden is just sitting there. She puts her head in her hand and doesn't say anything. There's like a silence now, Whitaker, as you just see what's going on. I
2: I don't think he does anything. I think he kind of, I think he understands, like he's starting to sort of get the picture. And I mean, he's not, he's not gonna say anything. In fact, he he probably takes a couple steps back. Yeah, this is, this is something for them.
4: So this quiet moment is there and you see Mac is checking Ross's pulse. He's doing field medical stuff the way you might if someone had been injured. He's like, come on, Hillary, come on, hey. Come on, baby, let go. And she eventually comes to, and it's just like, I'm I'm back, I'm back. Oh, God. And she sees Aiden sitting across from her, and she just, like, flinches at Aiden being right there. She says, so, that's how it is. And Aiden just wipes her face. She says, Hillary, I don't know what happened to you, but I'm very sorry that you got... And Ross cuts her off no 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 enough of that what have you been doing with her and aiden is just like i'm trying not to overstep and ross pushes mac away what do you mean you can't listen you don't know me i don't know you well i know more now wow wow mac get the boat ready we're going back and aiden now stands up and she's like please you have shut up And she goes and takes the sword out of the stone, and you see she starts to glow again. And she's like, we gotta stop her. And Aiden flares gold. Hillary, you're not thinking, and you haven't seen it all. I've seen enough. Are you gonna get in my way, Angel? And Aiden is just like, please don't make me do this. I'm not making you do anything. And she's gonna swing her sword at Aiden.
2: Oh my god, I'm... I'm... I mean, I'm a little far away, but I'm going to try and jump in, either to push Aiden out of the way or to fucking take the blow or some shit. Right. Just jumping in.
4: Do you think this is a act under pressure or help out or protect someone role? I
2: mean, this is pretty definitely a protect someone, even though that's not really my greatest skill, I don't think. Uh, let's protect someone. Oh, that's tough, ain't it?
4: Mm-hmm. It's an
2: eight. See, I thought I understood what was going on and then things escalated. <laughs>
4: you protect them okay but you'll suffer some or all of the harm they were gonna get That's okay it's not great i'll say you split it this time Um,
2: it's not as bad as it looks and a death wish it'll be fine
4: (laughs) so ross goes to swing her sword are you pushing aiden out of the way or pulling her out of like the range
2: i imagine that would be yeah that's probably what i have the range to do
4: Agent instincts kicking in you quickly run up the stairs and push Aiden and manage to pull your hands back as Ross's sword comes down into the stone and the impact of it sends you flying off the dais. So this will be the harm you take, uh, which will be two. Aiden being pushed down on the ground is also scattered with debris and smoke. And she calls to you as she gets up, Whitaker, don't. I've got this. And Aiden and Ross just start going at it. You notice that Spiegel hasn't gone to get the boat ready. He's also kind of in shock the same way you are, like, what the hell is going on here? In fact, he'll shoot a look at you like, Whitaker, ah, uh, he's like at a loss. But he does shout, just watch out, man. She's killed so many things with that sword.
2: I don't want her to kill my friend.
4: I don't want that either. Uh, I don't want my
2: friend to kill her, actually.
4: Aiden, as you say that, is going to charge it. We're Austin awesome. trying to kick her ass. <laughs> Aiden, stop. <laughs> to- oh yeah, that's an 11. Aiden is going to get all danger focused on her. Ross will take two harm from her punch. So Aiden clocks Ross, who staggers back, and because it's a kick's master roll, Ross is gonna swing her sword at her again. Ross is now wielding the sword like the warrior was in her hand but she throws her arm out as she reacts to getting punched and lets go of the sword but instead of it falling to the ground it spins around her and comes in and slams into Aiden with the broad side of it and knocks her into the wall so this time Aiden takes the full brunt of Ross's sword attack which is four harm reduced by her defensive powers Mac is going to... Mac's going to read a bad situation because that's what he's good at and it's very bad a three on the dice. Mac doesn't I know st- what to do. <laughs> I
2: still have a one from a read a bad situation. I think I'm going to use that. Yeah, why don't you use that actually? instead? Um, what's the best way to protect the victims? I, I, obviously, I know it's to get them to stop fighting, but it's like more in the sense of what can I do to distract either one of them or to get their attention off of each other? or even just like a bit of insight into what is going on.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know Ross as well as you know anyone at the Eastie Agency. You know Aiden fairly well, and the reads you're getting from both of them, Aiden doesn't want to fight. If you tell her to stop, she would, and she's probably not trying to kill Ross. Ross, while you don't know her to be a cold-blooded murderer, is definitely one of the Agency's big guns that they send out for big problems. If you were to classify Aiden as a monster, she would be a big problem given her power set and Origin. However, Ross looks frantic, and you can also see she keeps shaking her head and reaching up her free hand to her temple and muttering, and you can see this ghostly energy around her is glitching and fluctuating in a way it hasn't in the past. Ross at one point brings the sword back to her and it moves telekinetically into her hand. She just says to no one in particular, you said you'd never take over again. I'm doing this.
2: All right. um, As best he can, Whitaker is going to run up to Ross, probably from behind, just so he's not in the splash zone and get in front of her and just like grab her head, a hand on either side of her face and just be like, you need to look at me now. You need to pay attention now. You need to snap out of it. Ross, Ross, look at me. We're not doing this. We are not doing this right now.
4: She looks at you, and that panic doesn't go away from her face. She actually looks at you with pity in her eyes. And she says, you don't even know, and you're friends with both of them. She's going to use her ghostly force, which is a magic attack from the Monsters Playbook, and she's going to push you back, or try to, by kicking your ass and moving you where she wants you. So let's see how she does in that role to see if she like breaks free of this. Oh, not too well. That's only a five. So she doesn't manage to like push you back. When she goes to like, ah, like force push you, basically, that ghostly energy doesn't respond. And she's like, come on, come on. Max's going to use that opportunity to also like come up behind her and grab her arms under her shoulders. And he is also trying to like not put her in a sleeper hold, but just like, Hillary, come on. This isn't how we do this. Let's just talk about it.
2: Yeah, I, can Whittaker... Can I kicks him ass to, Or actually, I'll roll, roll... You just
4: do whatever harm you want to do in this situation because she failed the roll.
2: Yeah, I don't want to harm her, though. I just want to restrain well, her. Well, I
4: mean, you don't have to. <laughs> oh, well, you have I'll, the option.
2: Yeah, um...
4: And it can be non-lethal. You have non-lethal weapons at yeah, your... Yeah.
2: Um, I guess I will non-lethally punch her in the face.
4: Or, like, gut punch her, maybe? Since you're, like... Yeah. Holding oh, her that's true, right.
2: If, if Yeah, if he's holding her like that, just give her a... Strong punch.
4: That is another one harm to Agent Ross. He apologizes
2: um, very softly after doing it. <laughs> Just
4: punched. Sorry.
2: <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry.
4: The fight continues. Ross is going to try and hit you again. She is not letting up. Not convinced by your plea to see reason or do things peacefully. I'll let her use magic this turn as she's trying to draw on her ghostly abilities. Five plus three is an eight. With an eight, she can certainly enchant her weapon, giving it plus one and the magic tag. As she struggles to like get free of you all, she just grips the handle of this big broadsword tighter, and it does start to glow with that energy again, and it starts to collect in her hands and face. And she shouts at Aiden, who is approaching slowly with her hands up, like, we don't have to do this, Hillary, we can just talk about... Ross shouts at her. She can't control it. She never could. She is a source of destruction and ruin. How can you claim to protect humanity if you don't save us from her? She's different. Nothing is the same as it was. What happened to us won't happen again. You don't know that.
2: Is there any chance I could attempt to disarm her? I imagine there's some magic in play, but.
4: That's one of the things you can do as part of kicks Mass.
2: Agent training, we're gonna try to remove a weapon from someone's grip.
4: Okay.
2: Let's give it a shot. Nope, that's a failure.
4: You get your ass kicked instead. Uh, That works out pretty well. Ross, with this outburst, just ah, pushes you and Spiegel off her with a burst of magical force. Luckily, it's not the sword attack that does it, so you only take a total of three harm, which you can reduce with your armors if you have them.
2: Um, I don't think they gave me armor, but I do have my battlefield awareness. True.
4: So you probably back up a little because you're like, I can't block this, what's coming. And so you only take the two of it. Yeah. Actually, I will start keeping a tally on Mac as well. Oh, it's so stressful. All right. That fight is going to continue. I want to jump to... Damien, you are a starfish on a line, moving through the water. Not long after you follow Beverly down, the tension on the line is gone.
5: Damien is going to grab on to the boat's line so that he is not left behind. And he is absolutely going to leave the diver behind. She'll be fine. Grabbing onto the line, it feels safer so that the boat cannot turn on the engines and leave without him.
4: So, Sorry, I'm distracted by the explosion in Discord that's happening right now. (laughs) It just keeps popping up in the corner of my screen. I'm sorry,
1: I'm just losing my fucking mind, that's all.
4: (laughs) It's fine. So are you turning into something different? Yes, he'll have to turn
5: into something different. What what I just heard you say was you're
4: going to grab the line. You already are grabbing the line. The line that you are on just lost its tension. They
5: they cut it at the top.
4: Yeah. Shit. So your line is intact, quote unquote, but it's not attached to a boat anymore.
5: Damien turns into a penguin because that is a fast swimming creature that will likely not set off their creature that we care about detectors. Mm -hmm. And he's going to beeline for the boat.
4: So you leave Beverly alone and go after the boat. Correct. You pop up as a penguin. The boat isn't really going far. It's doing loops of the same area because they're searching. They are kind of doing a meandering S path through the bay. Let's see, because you were underwater. So read a bad situation. Eight.
5: I am going to ask what is the biggest threat?
4: In your penguin form, you sneakily swim up beside the boat. And as you approach, you can see Cook still has a gun trained on Dr. Ward, who is using the equipment and seemingly searching for the monster. But you don't see Pike, you don't see Richards, and Alice looks in distress. And Cook is just stone-faced, but holding the gun to her, being like, keep looking, find it! So Cook is the biggest threat at the moment. He he seems to have taken control of the boat. Maybe he's under Pike's orders, you didn't see that part, so you're not sure. Alice is just being forcibly made to search for this monster in a hurried manner.
5: Damien is going to swim underneath the boat and start trying to jam small metal objects into the motor and the engine to cause any amount of of damage, ideally stopping the propellers completely, but he wants to sabotage their propulsion.
4: I will have to make you act under pressure, I guess, because this is a moving rotor and you're trying to mess it up with junk. Like swims under <laughs> as a
5: penguin, goop, wall, goops onto the side and just starts chucking mm-hmm. pens and pencils and Allen wrenches. Six. I think I think I'll eat the six on this one.
4: Your pocket dimension is full of a lot of stuff, but it's all kind of small stuff. And this is a big boat propeller. And anything you throw at it just immediately is either knocked away or shredded. And doesn't do much to slow the boat's locomotion down at all. You hear a sound in the water as you're under there, letting your pocket sort of spew forth from a goopy tendril. Like, come on, something! Fall (laughs) out of here and stop it! And you hear under the water in the dark. (gasps) With your demon vision, you can see the baby... Willituck Lake monster, swimming around.
5: Do air horns work underwater? Uh,
4: I don't know how air horns work. They're just compressed air in a can, right? I'm gonna I Google it. So. You could still hear
2: it. I think it would make vibrations in the water, but it wouldn't sound the same.
4: Certainly, yeah.
5: Just trying to create some sort of unpleasant...
4: That's true, because you know that sound was the thing that drove the mother away.
5: yeah and I wasn't gonna be able to hijack their sound. So hopefully, Storebot is fine.
1: It says it acts like a hammer. It just like, pounds the water. Hmm. Not true in I'm your plan, be... but I googled it. I'm gonna it. <laughs> be honest.
2: That raises more questions than answers.
1: <laughs>
2: Maddie, what does that mean?
1: It, it doesn't make I a I don't sound, think it works. But it just like, vibrates the water violently and like, pounds it to make like a heavy vibration. Mm-hmm. I'm on. ScubaBoard.com. <laughs> I feel like that could potentially
3: scare things away from a small yeah. area because of the vibrations.
5: Yeah, but, but if next to a-, a boat's engine, yeah. it's not gonna.
1: If you have one called the Scuba Alert, that works underwater. Well. So,
4: Damien, you see this monster, this little baby lake monster, investigating the boat. And you see, as you're still trying to slow the engine down, just like, come on, this has got to work, this has got to work, a net (laughs) fired into the water, which snares the lake monster. And it starts to thrash and flail as it's wrapped up in this fishing net that it sort of swims into, not seeing it right away. I did roll a bunch, but it was like 12, 9, 9, 10. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the bad guys are doing good right now. (laughs) You see the lake monster start to get drawn towards the surface of the water.
5: Judging by the net setup, does it look like a quick trip over there with a wire cutter or a rope plant snipper would be able to cut through the fishing net? Probably not if the big cables, but...
4: Roll me a cool check, because this is a planning thing you'd have to consider.
5: 11.
4: Things are bad, Damien. You could cut some of the net. But even though this is the baby, it's a big creature. The mother is huge. And so the baby is like the size of a slightly large dolphin. It's big. And to cut out enough of the net that it might fall away or that the baby could wriggle out would take you a while. And if you go over there and attach to it as it's being drawn up, they're going to see you working away at the nets either in your human form or demon form. But either way, you would expose yourself as being here if you tried to do that right now. Perfect.
5: Then opposite side of the boat because when this thing comes up it is going to be the most important thing in the world to all of them so the last place any of them are going to be looking is on the other side of the boat when Damien walks up and goes to take out Mr. Cook
4: everyone else getting on Gary's boat what's your plan
1: oh boy I've forgotten all of my plans because of all of the things that have just happened. <laughs> <laughs> and now now me, Maddie, the player, is having a small existential crisis about what the fuck kind of character she has made. <laughs> I think we
3: should find the boat out on the water and approach it slowly and kind of play dumb. Maybe, oh, see, I don't want to get Gary involved, but I feel like he'd be the perfect person I will just say be like, uh, hey, heard some gunshots. You guys okay over there? Strangers who I might be able to give assistance to? Like- I'll give you this
4: for free, Raven. Wouldn't have heard the gunshots because they're far enough out on the water that you're going to have to use radio signals or some other way, magically perhaps to track them and find this boat because they've been out there for 30 minutes longer than you have. Okay. Also, to like alleviate your worries of like, I don't want Gary to be involved. Like, Gary's involved. He's driving the boat that you're all going to take to try and stop this from happening. So... While you might not want him to be, he is here to defend the monster and, good, good, good.
3: you know, help him. out yeah. because
4: he doesn't want it to be found either. Um, my
3: my concern was, I was thinking we could find them and then play dumb of like, we were nearby on our boat and heard gunshots. Like, are you guys okay? The
4: other thing, like, Raven, is that it's three in the morning. True. Yeah, or or not, okay. not even, it's like, it's like closer to like midnight, one o'clock. They, they okay. got tipped off that you guys were maybe investigating or something when the smoke creature gave Cook the notebook and they were like, oh, they knew? Oh, it's real? Well, we're going now because we don't know if they're already out there looking for this thing still. So there's no real so plausible it's, explanation it's, of you showing up other so, than we're here to stop so you. It's too late
3: something? for lying. We need to just bust in there.
4: Kind of. And the situation okay. is also a little too dire to be like worried about that at this point. This is absolutely... Yeah damage control and not like prevention
1: if we hide somewhere on the boat so they don't immediately see that it's us and panic there are coming from my experience of my boyfriend used to live on a lake there are lake police officers that do have boats
3: that's kind of along the lines of what i was thinking like we hide and have gary call out to them
1: be like Hey guys, what's up? Pull up the boat, and then we jump out, and we're like, ah, ah, and then we jump on. Yeah. yeah. You could just have the, that as your a, plan, sure.
3: Yeah, a little bit of a ploy just to get yeah, close
1: not, enough. Not going slowly, just something that, so they don't immediately see Take us. Off. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
4: Last chance to tell me anything you do to prepare for this before you are actively on the water and heading that way. And then I'll start making you roll to like actually find them. Hugo, anything? Um... Weapons, equipment, magic <laughs> supplies?
1: Felicity is your own weapon. <laughs> True. She doesn't need anything.
0: Can I roll to use magic for something? Sure. Ooh. I want to observe another place or time, specifically the boat. Great. We want to I'll get
1: be doing some Felicity magic,
4: baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not as well, but trying something. And. Oh. 15.
4: Jesus Damn, Hugo. 15. Well, no glitch for starters. What's your extra effect that's going to happen? Or actually, a success. I don't have is, that yet. Yeah, a success is just it, it works perfectly. So I will say for some of the used magics we've done, we have skirted the rules of Monster of the Week. But technically, if a used magic works, It's in the book as, it lasts for 30 minutes. So with a 15, you definitely can have that benefit, Hugo. And now you are the human tracking device that you're going to be able to use to (laughs) find them. You can track them now with this incredible magic roll. Hugo, we've said before, your magic taps into nature, right? So do you feel this connection with the water that maybe you're hesitant to make at first, but that's how he's finding them?
0: Oh, yeah.
4: I like the image of just being in the boat, gripping the side rail, white-knuckled style, but then putting a hand in the water to just hear the song of the sea creature and use that as your like pinpoint ability.
0: Five minutes um, in, he vomits on the side of the boat. <laughs> Aww.
4: <laughs> Wonderful. But Hugo can guide you all, and you manage to... I guess you would catch up, because once once they got a lock on the signal of the baby lake monster, they didn't have to keep going further out to sea, so... You guys do manage to catch up, <sighs> gosh. Probably not right away. I think 30 minutes or so go by. Damien, you're gonna climb up the side of the boat as they raise the baby creature into the air with their net? Yep,
5: to try to get behind Cook for a back whacking.
4: Okay, so you're specifically getting up there to attack him. Yes. Who do you look like, by the way?
5: I think he's gonna bring Angelo back, just to-
4: A <laughs> private eye? Yeah. I will say that, yes, it's a very smart move to climb up as the creature is lifted up into the air. And they are entirely focused on having found their prize. When you are just hanging off the edge, planning your, I'm going to go now, you can see that Alice is still very shaken. Her hands are shaking whenever she goes to do anything. She's terrified of Cook now. But there's the excitement aspect of it also that they found it. This thing is real and they just caught it and pulled it up out of the water and so she's just like staring at it, awestruck. It's the one thing that has let her like ignore the fact that she's being held at gunpoint right now. Just like, oh my gosh, I found it. She's having a moment. Cook meanwhile is operating the winch. He's holstered his gun, so he's using both hands right now to get the creature over the deck so they can lower it and put it in a tank that's being held below decks.
5: Yo, I lied. I don't want to attack him. I just want to steal that gun. Make him useless. Fight a boat full of people.
4: That would be. That's not kick some ass. That's act under pressure again. I mean, it was a six. So I'm
5: just debating <laughs> the luck point.
4: You've used a lot of luck this adventure. I will warn you that using it all up will be bad. Yeah. You might want to just take the fail. Yeah,
5: he can do bad things, it'll be distracting. Take fail. Distracting counts. I'm taking the fail.
4: You gloop up over the edge. As you step onto the deck, you fully form into Angelo Edgecrest, Private Eye, and try to creep over and get that gun. Whether it's you not being sneaky or Cook just being a very on-edge and professional individual in dangerous situations, you go for his gun and his hand reaches down and grabs yours. And he says, (sighs) Stow away, huh? Bang! And he's going to punch you.
5: Sweet. How much... Oh shit! Is he punching me for lethal?
4: He is punching you. He rolled an eight plus two tough, so that's a ten for him. I will say, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna suffer less harm from you because normally with kicks to mass, you would be able to inflict harm on him. But he punches you, you will take two harm from a punch because he's a big linebacker yeah, yeah. kind of guy. He's huge. You do have the ability to do your own kicks to mass harm to him.
5: Perfect. So instead of doing two damage to him, I only do the one because of his successful role. Correct. So then I will heal for one.
4: So essentially you both take one harm from this.
5: And I block a harm because I need mean more Oh
4: yeah. Look at Damien. Professional agent over here. Yeah. A
5: little tanky now.
4: <laughs> so he punches you, knocks you back, and he says I'm beginning to think maybe that group had a bit more intel than they let on at first.
5: Damon's just gonna stretch and sort of do the, the crack your neck. Let's uh let's do this.
4: Let's rumble. <laughs> let's 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 rumble. Do you want to do a couple of rolls against each other?
5: Yeah. I'll... At this
4: point the baby lake monster is swinging in the net. It has not been totally lowered onto the deck, but Cook is now dealing with this hostile stowaway.
5: Unless the winch has a full release switch, like if it's one of those crank it up and then you just knock the thing over and then everything goes down. If there is one of those devices, then I'm going to press that. But if it's just a hey button for slow motion up or button for slow motion down. It's
4: the second thing.
5: Figured. Okay. Yeah, then let's let's fight him. There's a 12.
4: Nice.
5: Let's, Let's do some extra harm. So we'll make it three
4: for you from your life drain. Yeah. When Damien uses his life drain, does he have to like goop someone? I'm asking I, I'm asking for flavor reasons, not really mechanical reasons.
5: Yes, uh, for part of the mechanical, he has to be intimate. So this is like, it's not like a far out punch. It's a weaves in uppercut that just mm-hmm. gets really close to him and just rushes up the center of his chest into his chin. We get lots of contact.
4: I actually really like the image of Damien in human form but moving sort of unnaturally slithery-like, like a serpent. And then that uppercut, your arm actually stretches a little bit to punch him even further up into the air. So that's three harm to him. The harm you receive in return, since you're not taking the less harm option, is once he lands on the ground, he's gonna, son of a bitch, and bang, fires his gun at you. Whitaker, you have a handgun. Could you tell me how much harm it does normally? It's two, all right. Unless it's uh, like a big
5: one and then it's three.
4: What, is, what constitutes a big one? Like an elephant hunting gun or something?
5: No, no, like a, a more, like a 45 Magnum. Gotcha. So like a bigger caliber handgun as opposed to a little one.
4: Yeah, eh, I don't think that's really Cook style. So it's just a two harm regular gunshot bullet. He gets you right in the chest with it, but it doesn't kill you, which should be another indicator that he's not fighting a person. Do you take any damage from that?
5: yes so i'm gonna flavor it i did the damage so i healed up and then he shoots me so immortal blocks one and then one damage goes through
4: okay do you get your life drain on all three harm that you inflict or just the base how is life drain phrased specifically
5: transfers life energy wielder is healed for as many points of harm as were inflicted
4: great you're doing fantastic then you take three life back and then get hit with a two wound bullet but then your immortal armor reduces that a little. So you're actually up on the exchange quite a bit from that 12. He is going to... He's definitely a little shaken by the fact that he just shot you in the chest and you just took it like it was nothing. Um, he
5: wants to back away while shooting to get away from the scary guy.
4: <laughs> I <laughs> think
5: I be within intimate range.
4: He gets up and goes... He rushes over towards that door to the wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and he yells inside, Richards, get up here and back me up! and then he's gonna shoot you again. Cause what else can he do? That's another eight on the die, so a 10. This time he will try to inflict terrible harm to you with his gun and shoot you for three harm, but that opens him up to another attack if you would like to. Uh,
5: Yes, Damien will charge in and hit him with the life drain. Uh, This time Damien's just gonna kick him in the groin. It's intimate and I'll feel better about myself.
4: Uh, it's, it's also hella intimidating because, like, he nails you in the face and your head just SPLAT green goo. But without missing a beat, your body just continues to walk forward as your head then regrows back. And you, he's just like, what the hell are you? And you knee him in the groin. <laughs> and then he kind of whoa, doubles over and he's not looking good.
5: At this point, we can kick the gun away from him. I don't need to.
4: Yeah, he he actually will drop the gun as he, like, grabs his stomach. But it's not even so much that you, like, got him where the sun don't shine. It's that every time you've hit him, you've sapped some of his life energy away. And he's looking pale. And his eyes are very bloodshot now. Like, he's been under an extreme amount of stress. And He vomits just on the deck. If you use your demonic powers on this guy again, you will kill him. I'll let you read that from the situation.
5: Damien promised a lot of people that he was going to try real hard just to so not you kill know. anybody.
4: Just so you so. know. But thank you. You're welcome. You Everyone else on Gary's boat. This is around when you find it using Hugo's clairvoyant magic. You have one of those big camping flashlights with the beam that goes forever. Gary has one of those. So he points it and is like waving it across the boat or gives it to one of you to try and see what's going on. You can see a baby lake monster in the net of the boat. You catch maybe a flash of Alice's white coat and you see two figures engaged in hand-to-hand in front of the door to the wheelhouse.
1: Important question. I feel like we may have clarified this earlier, but is the baby lake monster above the deck of the boat or is it still hovering above the water?
4: It is now above the deck. It has not okay. been lowered onto the deck. It is still swinging in the net.
3: Based on both of the boats and like their sizes, if Gary pulled us up right next to their boat, would we theoretically be able to like climb over onto their boat?
4: Only if he pulled up next to the metal ladder that like a okay. diver would use to get up onto the boat. Gary is just shouting over the noise of the water and the engine. First like they got the little one! What are we doing about it, gang?! You got a plan, Miss Eugenia?
3: It. I think so. We gotta get over there. We can't do anything from from over here. We gotta get on that boat. You see the ladder on their boat? Can you get us over there?
1: Alrighty.
4: And he brings his boat to try and get up alongside it.
1: I'm gonna try to use magic, and we're gonna see if I could do something uh real fucking crazy. We're gonna keep our fingers crossed for an advanced move. That's what we're gonna do. And if not, we're right. we're, we're we're winging it. Thirteen! (laughs) Thirteen!
4: Okay. What advanced magic move are you looking to achieve?
1: Question. I see on the effects that I can bar a place or portal to a specific creature. Can I create a portal? What I would like to do is teleport this baby lake monster out of the net and back into the water.
3: Would it be just the monster or would you end up taking the whole net with it
1: I'm trying to avoid- that's kind of why I was hoping for the advanced one um, yeah but that, that is the effect that I would like to happen is the baby lake monster gets out of the net and ends up back in the water
4: and you're using this as the bar a place or portal in reverse
1: essentially yeah I would like to open a place or portal a portal yeah I mean, I could also use it as summoning the baby, but into the water. No, so... Yeah. Yeah, well,
4: you're... Okay, so here's here's what's going to happen, Felicity.
1: Okay, okay. It's kind of you, a big one. I wasn't sure if it was going to work, but... It's a big
4: one. It's certainly a big one. You reach out with your magic, and would you say Felicity is not in a good space right now? Oh, 100%.
1: Felicity is still a little bit dizzy and scatterbrained because a part of her is still away from her, essentially, in that other yeah. place, correct? Correct. Um, so yeah, I will say that she is, she is she is not at 100% right now.
4: So you look at the baby lake monster. As you try to draw on your magic, and as you described just a moment ago, you don't even know what you're going to attempt to do at first. You just start drawing on your magic.
3: Mm-hmm. Come
4: on, magic. I'll think of something, but I'm yeah. going to need a lot of you right now. And that part of you that's a little ways away pings a little bit, but it's not about Aiden because as you're looking at the baby lake monster and you think about the text you sent to your mom just before you left and you see this tiny creature trapped in a net, your heart gets a little sad for a moment. And that part that's far away from you, and you see the mother lake monster swimming in the ocean and it still has the dart in its neck. And it keeps going like it can't make its teleport noise to get back. (gasps) No! And you just think, it's not fair. And that dart in its neck, again, across the ocean, is snapped (gasps) apart and pulled from it. And it (gasps) opens the portal in the water and the lake monster is sucked through the whirlpool of it. And rather than open a portal for the baby, huge spray of water, Felicity, the mother lake monster breaches Good. and roars. Ah! And it definitely catches its offspring in the net before it back into the water. You just summoned the mother back to this moment. In
1: oh, that is so much
4: better. Raven and Hugo, what are you doing after that happens? Wow. Uh, Be quick on your feet tonight, gang. uh, Things are changing uh, every second. I I don't
0: want- I don't want to ruin the moment, but Hugo goes and vomits again. (laughs) After seeing all that, (laughs) honestly.
3: Oh, Hugo. Oh, man. Raven just pats him on the back a couple of times. And, uh, I don't know if this is going to make things much, much worse, or it might not do anything at all. Raven's going to pull out the tarot cards.
4: Oh, let's go! Oh, yes!
3: (laughs) Things are bad. She's pulling a card.
4: We are gonna find out if she gets anything.
3: What do I add to this, or do I just roll?
4: It's plus you're weird, cause it's a magic thing.
3: Aha. That's good, cause I rolled a six on the dice. And my weird is two.
0: Can I try to help? Sure.
3: I was just patting you on the back after you threw up, so we're right next to each other. <laughs> Wait, if I, so that was you? an eight total. If yep. Hugo helps, will that only bump it up one? No, cause nope.
4: Hugo is very helpful.
3: Oh, that's right! Yes, please help. That would be
4: amazing.
0: Is a... 11. <gasps> you
4: absolutely help Raven in this summoning.
0: Yes! Added the tattoos.
4: Raven is there like, oh my god, oh my god. Starts pulling the tarot deck out, and Hugo, after you like wipe your mouth, your tattooed hand lights up, and you reach out and hold Raven's hand as she starts to summon a spirit from her deck. Teamwork! Um, so... I'm going to pick a spirit. When you succeed, I send you two options, right? And you get to pick one?
3: Yeah, that's kind of how we've been doing it. On a 10+, plus, the spirit is just super helpful. It cooperates to the best of its ability um, and definitely will help somehow. And so okay. when I roll really high, you get to pick what you think will be two very helpful things.
4: Do you have the list pulled up? I
3: have the list pulled up, so if you want to give me...
4: I can give you the traditional name and then we'll say uh, what spirit that is once you pick. Yes. Why don't you check out Page of Cups and look up the Six of Swords. Tried to make them both relatively related to local fauna.
3: Yeah, we'll go with the the Page of Cups. Okay. Am I Raven, describing it or you?
4: Would you like to take a shot at describing one of the spirits you summon?
3: Sure yeah when hugo grabs on and his magical tattoos glow she pulls the card out and flips it over she still doesn't really have a ritual that she sticks to but she kind of squeezes her eyes shut and holds the card out and when she peeks her eyes open there's a seal just like a a glowy really pretty i think like a white and gray kind of spotted seal Mm -hmm. sitting on the deck looking up at him inquisitively
4: oh not even on the deck When you draw that card out, you have a chance to look up and see what you pulled. And you pull this seal spirit, and it leaps from the surface of the card into the water. Yes, (laughs) it's so much better. And there is this, like you said, like a soft gray white light now following your boat. And every couple of seconds, it jumps out of the water and looks over at you, and then jumps in the water again. And then another second goes by, it jumps up again. And it says, how can I help? What's going on? (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know if that would actually work. Okay, all right, so.
4: <laughs> I like that you went seal, because I think what I was thinking was the otter, but I may have sent you the wrong information, but it's close enough. No,
3: I, I saw the otter, I liked it. My worry was that the otter was going to be really small, and I was hoping the seal is a little bit like beefier, but now I'm realizing I don't think the seal can get on the deck of the ship <laughs> to
4: help the baby. I'll say this, Raven. You have pulled the card for aquatic furry mammals, and so this seal, as it like leaps up occasionally, it is changing every time it jumps up. So it's like, first it's a seal, and then sploosh, and then it jumps up, and it's a little otter, and then sploosh, and then it jumps up, and it's actually a girl with a seal cloak wrapped around her back. Mm-hmm. And she's got a little, just like wet hair, but like again, the seal flippers are like the clasp of the cloak, and then splish, jump in, and it's a seal again.
3: Oh my god, she's beautiful. Yep. Hugo, look what we did! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> She just pats Hugo on the back again and leans over the railing to, to talk to her. Do you see that baby stuck in the net up there? Do you think you can get up there and help get it out? Rip open the net, get it, cut the rope, get get that sweet baby lake monster out of that net?
4: I'll do my best! <laughs> Swims away towards the other boat. Man, crazy stuff is happening! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God! What a what an episode!
4: So, Damien, you're on the deck. You hear another boat coming. Cook is on death's door. What are you doing right now? You also see the mama lake monster suddenly breach <sighs> <sighs> into the water. Uh,
5: Damien is going to grab the gun so no one gets any funny ideas, and then head over to the winch.
4: If you want to try and get the baby free you would want to crank it first to get it to turn away from the deck and lean over the side of the boat again
5: yes that's the priority move okay let's get that baby over the water first
4: all right so damien just starts cranking the winch alice is gonna run up to you actually and she says oh man alice oh alice oh no yeah she comes over and like puts her hand on your hand and she's like we can't let it go we just i need to tag it or something this is my life's work Please."
5: Do you want to, like, take a picture or something? We have to let this thing go free.
4: If I let it go, I might never find another one again. But then you feel the boat get rocked really hard. (sighs) And you hear Richard's call from inside. He says, what's going on out there?
5: (sighs) Ma'am, we have to set this thing free. But here, Damien is going to hand her an Eastie Agency business card. This is how you will be allowed to observe these creatures and this is the only way.
4: Roll to manipulate someone.
5: Well, oh, I get plus two, that's a 12.
4: Holy crap. You hand her this card, Damien. She looks at it, looks at you, looks at the creature, looks back at the card, and Alice puts together Easty Agency with a note from Raven's notebook that she read through. And she says, all right, puts the card in her coat and helps you crank the winch to get the baby over the water raven your seal spirit she's like the princess of the water thing right Mm -hmm. that's the name of your deck's version of her yeah princess of the powers of water Uh nice little steel otter princess dives out of the water towards the baby lake monster she doesn't have a weapon but her hand glows with this blue sort of liquid magic and as she passes by the net she cuts through it (laughs) The net flies open and the baby lake monster and the seal spirit both plunge into the water. So there's your successful spirit summoning for this adventure.
3: I picture them holding hands or like holding flippers as they fly.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's very cute. Love that. Let's see who else we need to wrap up here. Gary, who's driving the boat, calls to Felicity. He says, that's one problem down. What are we going to do about everybody on that boat? I bet mama's pretty ticked off. Damien, you feel the boat get rocked again. And you hear uh, Richards from inside go,
1: shit, we're struggling, Alice, what is happening? I would like to use magic. What are you going to do? I'm going to communicate with the mama.
5: Gotta dunk your head in the water.
1: <laughs> uh, 12, 12, oh, I love this game. <laughs> okay. 12, so I'm going to communicate with something that I don't share a language with. Head's going in Great. the water.
4: What are you saying to the mother lake creature?
1: Um, hello, Willow. I know this must be weird for you. My name is Felicity. I just freed your baby. And I have a friend who's working undercover on that boat right now. And you can't hurt him. And I promise we're gonna do everything in our power to make sure that nobody will ever ever come and bother you in this lake again. Um, you just need to stop hitting it because we gotta- we gotta save our friend at least first. And most of the people on that boat are innocent. There was just one bad guy, and I don't want you to hurt all of them.
4: You get back from the lake monster. (sighs) I can see the young one in the water now. This is your doing?
1: Yes, I, I, well, me and my friends. I brought you back here with my magic, but then my friends helped us so that you'd be reunited with your baby.
4: (sighs) You opened the way.
1: Yeah, I did! And I got that thing out of your neck!
4: You get a a vision. You can see the parent lake monster is swimming around the little one, looking for injuries, kind of nuzzling up against its flipper and its back and turning it over with its nose, checking it out, making sure it's not hurt or anything. It makes eye contact with the seal spirit, who does a little, like, loop-de-loop and (laughs) is in its humanoid spirit form with the seal cloak and just kind of waves and, like, makes a little heart motion with her two hands. (laughs) And uh, seems to say something, but you can't hear it because it's underwater. And the lake monster, its big, long plesiosaur neck looks up at the boat, which already has a hole in it, and then back at the seal spirit and chirps into the water. And that whirlpool opens again. (sighs) The baby quickly swims through and the mother follows it. (sighs) And it closes behind them.
1: Cool. Cool, cool, cool. They have left
4: the immediate area. Damien, what are you doing on the boat?
5: Oh, Damien would know that Pike was shot. So he would look over to Alice and he'd say, Cool, so uh, we do need to make sure the diver gets back okay. But anything else you guys need?
4: She's like, oh my god, Beverly doesn't know. She's been, ah! (laughs) She like rushes over to a radio. Beverly! (laughs) Starts trying to contact her. You hear through the radio, (laughs) Alice, where are you guys? I, I surfaced when I felt the line, but you're not here. I'm stranded. And so Alice is like, ah, uh, she's out in the water somewhere.
5: Okay, cool. But is are you guys good otherwise?
4: Uh, Richards, <laughs> Richards like opens the door. We're going down. This old baby's not going to make it. That thing tore a hole in the bottom of the, like, it's, oh no. If you look inside the wheelhouse, Pike is leaned up against the thing, big blood stain on his shoulder, but he is breathing weakly.
5: Uh, I've got to go play medic. Uh, There's another boat coming. I'm sure you guys can hitch a ride. I'm going to need some space to work. And Damon's going to go over to Pike and try to cover so no one can see what he's doing.
4: Gotcha. All right. Alice is going to call to Beverly over the radio. I'm going to let it flare. Just try and find that and we'll come get you if we can. And... Beverly's response. I don't have a full tank. Alice, this was supposed to be a short dive. Please hurry. Because even though like she can surface and swim there, she can't tread water forever. And all her diving gear is pretty heavy once it's not buoyant because of air inside it. So Damien, you're going to try and heal Pike. Yes. Okay. Roll to use magic.
5: 14. Okay. So you apply pressure to a wound.
4: Certainly. We heal him and, or I guess you stabilize him, right? Yes. Your goopy tendril actually goes in his bullet wound, fishes the bullet out, and as you pull it out, his wound is like smoking and cauterized as if you had done something with a very hot material, but it's just your infernal nature. You're not sure how good a shape he's in, but at least he's not going to immediately die from like a blood infection. You can now see in this part of the boat, there's like standing water. This thing is definitely taking on the ocean.
5: Well, if I know anything about boat safety, there should be some life jackets on this boat. And according to the rules, there have to be enough life jackets for everybody. So Damien is gonna start putting life jackets on people.
4: Are you going to put one on Cook and bring him with you?
5: Yeah, Damien's gonna give everyone else first and then he's gonna come over to Cook and sort of squat down and get on Cook's level and say, hey Cook, this life jacket is for you. You now work for the Edgecrest agency. Welcome aboard,
4: mate. He is not really responsive. You've pushed him into a state of unstableness so that he is barely conscious. Everyone else in Gary's boat, how are you guys going to get people off this one? Do you just sort of assist them with disembarking, I guess is the word?
3: Yeah, I was going to say we can pretty much tell from the yelling and looking at the boat that it's going down.
4: You can definitely see that it is starting to go below the waterline, yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, Raven will just ask Gary to pull up as close as is safe and see if... Raven's going to look up to everyone on the, the boat and just be like, hey, are you guys good? Can you jump down? Is everyone here? You all got life jackets?
1: I would like to say save everybody except for Cook. Cook can stay on the boat.
3: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Raven's mostly talking to like Alice of like, yeah. are you good to come down? I'm trying to not game that there's a scuba diver out there somewhere, but I really, really want to go save the scuba diver and I need <laughs> someone to tell me that there's a scuba diver <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Alice, like <laughs> Alice, is able to climb down the ladder herself and kind of leap over to Gary's boat. She's looking rough. Her blonde hair that's normally like done up in a very neat ponytail is loose and all hanging in her face and stuff. And you can tell she's been crying because she was so scared of Cook. And she says, "We we have to help my friend. Beverly's still out there. She went on a dive and he cut the cable." And, and she's just like revealing to you the the information in a panicked state raven she's still mad
1: at alice but i think we know it was cook that summoned the yeah you know know that it was the
4: smoke creature that took your stuff and that cook was the one that showed the notebook to alice so
1: yeah
3: like there is
4: still that like breach of privacy anger but it's less like all on her now
3: this is like a life or death thing she's she's gonna help assist alice onto the boat like take Mm -hmm. her hand and like help her sit down on gary's boat Do you know what direction she's in? Where did you guys come from when he cut the line? Do we have any idea where she is?
4: Alice isn't quite sure what to tell you because all she knows is that Beverly had her line cut a while back. They could try and retrace the course they took, but with currents and things.
3: Sort of back towards shore. It was like on their
4: way. Yeah, she can indicate like it was back that way. And as she's pointing, the Selkie spirit pops up and puts her hand on the side of the boat
3: hi oh yeah raven is... and alice is just like ah! <laughs> <Freaks out.
1: laughs>
3: oh raven's just gonna go up to her like lean on the railing next to her and be like did you hear that we've got a missing scuba diver do you think you'd be able to go find her and tow her safely back to us or to shore
4: whichever you me to find a lost swimmer
3: yeah on She's it probably in that direction and raven's Okey-dokey. just gonna point
4: <laughs> sploosh and a little silky take off under the water surface
5: God, she's so cool.
4: <laughs> Do can
5: you... Damien go grab the RPG before it goes under?
4: Uh, if you want to try that, it'd be act under pressure. Yeah. Okay. You can it's to. turned into a sea creature, it's fine. Gary does say, come on, come on. If it goes under, it's going to bring an awful undertow. We'll be sucked down. This is important. Just go.
5: Damien's going to swoop down to lower decks and...
4: Pike is barely conscious. He, I guess, is lowered down by you, Damien. Right. You can all tell he's been shot. And then do you go to lower Cook down also? Do you guys let Cook on the boat? Or Pike, for that matter?
1: Is he, like, knocked out? Or is he...
4: Cook, yeah, is also, like, clinging to consciousness. He, he's not Good. responsive. His eyes are rolled back in his head. And he has that, like, pale, deathly look about him. Like, Damien has clearly done a bunch of evil magic to him.
1: Sick. Good.
3: I'm going to tie him up.
4: Oh, yeah, that's easy enough to do.
3: And we have Pike on the boat, too, now. Yep. And Damien, like, stabilized him. Yes. Is that,
1: is that everybody uh, who's well, missing the scuba as, diver?
4: And Richards. And Richards. And Damien, Richards. you rush below deck, and Richards is Richards. coming out, and he's got, like, a suitcase that's, like, stuffed full of stuff. Aww. And you see he's got, like, a handful of desk ornaments from the front, like, where he used to, you know, think. And he's just, like... Oh, you were a good ship. You're such a good ship. I'm so sorry. God, he's just (laughs) all broke up about his boat, finally kicking the bucket and uh, he sees you going back. He's like, what are you going back for?
5: No, go, 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 go. You're you're good. You're good.
4: You're crazy, man. You're crazy. And he will jump onto the boat also. He's got like a bunch of his little knickknacks and things from having been the captain of Ship Happens for so long.
5: The under pressure was an eight.
4: Eight. A hard choice or a price to pay? Damien. Uh, Being Damien.
5: in the boat would create undertow effect. It would be I was gonna hard say, for Damien if to you, get
4: out. Uh, your price to pay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you vague answers, and you'll have to pick based on the vague answer. Hard choice. You give up going after this rocket launcher because you start to see what everyone else is talking about. This boat is going under quickly, and if you stay on here, you're going to be under the water. So you could just let that go and go back and be fine. If you go for the rocket launcher, you could certainly find it because you don't need to breathe underwater or anything like that. You can turn into a sea creature. Your harm level is not that bad. However, you've been in the water for a while now. You have spent a lot of time around it in the past 24 hours or so, and you know whose domain that is. So if you keep going and get sucked under the water for a little bit, you might have a connection with something. I do not like the RPG enough for that.
5: (laughs) Damien will help Richards with his (laughs) bag of stuff, make sure he gets it all over to the other ship.
4: You see Richards is collecting a bunch of things that makes you want to collect a bunch of things. You help and grab a bunch of his knickknacks and things from around the, the office and then head off and you hop in Gary's boat. Fortunately, you guys are all able to pull away as Gary turns the Vivian song away from the sinking ship Ship happens, has ship happened to it, and it is stuck under the waves. There's that little, like, sploosh that pops up as it finally descends. You guys have managed to avoid any casualties, which is really impressive. (laughs) Whitaker, the fight between Ross, you, and Mac, and Aiden has been going. What's your harm at?
2: Three harm right now.
4: Three harm right now? Okay. I could make a bunch of rolls back and forth, but I'm just going to put aiden and ross at a couple more stages of harm having been done to them
2: yeah i mean i'm gonna look around like i know i probably can't step between them because that's just gonna be a war of attrition at that point any rope lying around or maybe one of these giants had like a fun chain or something on it Um, anything glowing on the dais that looks like an off switch
4: not really All the magic in this place Mm. are the lines of energy that you used to find this cave in the first place. Remember we described that like running water under the stone surface look? And obviously Aiden and Ross are magical beings at this point. Mac is going to continue to try and convince Ross to like cool her jets and stop aggressively attacking Aiden without talking things out first.
2: Well, as as long as he's up there, Whitaker's close at hand in case... Someone yeah, like, points. you guys
4: can be part of the fight without putting yourself yeah. directly in harm's way. That is a seven, and it would be plus charm. Doesn't have anything added to that, but a seven is a mix. Mac is going to get in the way of Hillary's sword when she does one of her slashing attacks at Aiden. Oh, my
0: goodness.
4: He will take the four harm and reduce it a little bit, but that still puts him at five. Her sword is big and old and blunted, so it's more like a big metal... Club. Anytime it cuts something, it's more just the force of it, not the sharpness of the blade. So when he gets in front of it, he kind of catches it and is ugh, slammed into the wall uh, as he pushes Aiden back away. Ross pauses in that moment, and she says, "Mac, what are you doing?" Ugh.
5: You gotta get your head right, girl. This ain't you.
4: She uh, looks like that maybe affected her a little bit. Do you want to try and pile on? to convince her that like, this isn't the right way to go about this.
2: Yeah, not looking to manipulate, just calling him like he sees him. Whitaker's gonna be like, you're gonna fucking kill him. That's it, that's that's all he's gonna
4: say. She's looking, like your your words are, are hitting her. She's still very much driven by whatever has like, put her in this panicked, scared state. And she's like, it's bigger than him or me or any of us. And before she can pull the sword away to attack again, aiden is there and is gonna put her hand on ross's shoulder and you see that warm gold light pulse through the way it does when aiden is healing someone that's an eight plus aiden's weird Aiden has two that's a ten on use magic aiden is going to observe another place or time and share that observation with ross and you see that ghostly blue light on ross pulses once it becomes less frantic and also starts to suffuse Ross's body and actually swirls over around Aiden's hand and sort of is wrapping around Aiden's forearm a little bit. And Ross's head drops for a second. And Aiden's just standing there, goes on for like a minute. And when Ross lifts her head, she says, what happens if you're wrong about her? Are you okay with what might happen? No one understands that danger more than I do. I believe in her. And Ross just says, I hope I'm wrong. And let's go with the sword. Clang, clang. And she slumps forward, cause she's at five too. Aiden catches her and lowers her to the ground. And Mac, even though he's hurt, comes over and helps support Hillary, who's very drained at this point, having like pushed her abilities beyond their max.
2: I mean, Whitaker's helping wherever possible.
4: Cause you're a medic. You can see to everybody's yeah. wounds a little bit now. Tearing up so, that shirt
2: to make bandages, baby.
4: Yeah. Felicity as you're driving Mm -hmm. back on the boat and you are thinking like we did it we got them back together oh we saved the baby monster and its mom came back because I helped connect them that part of you that's been linked to Aiden the whole time suddenly you vision and you see Aiden now with Ross supporting her it's like Ross is like sitting on Aiden's lap and Mac is like dealing with some wounds she took from getting punched Whitaker's dealing with Mac's injuries on his side you can just see these four friends of yours huddled together around this dais where that light is still kind of pouring in unnaturally from that skylight. And then you see the scene glitches and shifts, and rather than Whitaker and Mac and Aiden and Ross, you see other figures in the same position. You see a guy with the sides of his head shaved and just like a ponytail tied in the back, some like medium-length hair has got a dark brown beard, he's got armor on, leathers and furs, like what I've described earlier with that warrior figure. He's just sitting casually, he's got a little dagger he's like tossing in the air and like looking at and smiling. You see that warrior woman is lying in the grass, completely calm, happy, not wearing her armor, but wearing just like a simple dress and like cozy looking fur boots. You see another figure, sort of an older guy, with like a little bit of a sour expression, but still seemingly getting along with this group here. And you see Aiden, like you saw her in her other vision, although she looks happy and at peace. And the warrior woman is like sitting in her lap, looking up at her. And you feel yourself actually physically part of this scene. And if you look down, you can see your little hands, they're freckled. They look a little smaller, maybe a little bit younger than you are now.
1: Can I wave to them?
4: You wave at this group who's gathered there. Aiden turns and she holds out a hand and she says, What are you doing, Ashling? Come on over here. Okay. You run over. The warrior woman like sits up, smiling, and like welcomes you into a big hug. Felicity, you collapse in the boat. You're unconscious. Whitaker, Ross has been dealt with. The injuries are solved. You are now heading out of this giant's cave to return to Ross and Spiegel's boat. Ross doesn't talk to you. She's reeling from a lot of the stuff that she just realized and went through. Aiden's sitting there nursing her knuckles and places where she got hit by the sword. So, um,
2: you don't have to say anything. I just, I just want to help.
4: I know. It's just I understand what Hillary's going through and why she's so scared. I don't know if you have put together what's going on
2: parts of it. Felicity's the second, isn't she? You were talking about someone else.
4: Yeah, we've been talking about her.
2: And Ross, she's possessed
4: by someone you once knew? The sword is Freya's. Freya? She's my partner from a long time ago. And we lost... Uh... You saw the battle through that vision. Um...
2: Aiden, I'm very sorry. W- whatever's going on, I'm so, so sorry.
4: I don't understand it myself. I just... Felicity is back. And... I was her mom. That is where we will end the session.
1: What? I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, what? Oh my God. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Of
3: all the things... Oh. No. I was imagining. I might I'm right that was not-
0: <laughs> I think he got them. I think he got oh them. Oh my <laughs> they- mm-hmm.
1: god! I'm sorry. What? What?
3: it yeah. mom.
4: <laughs> that was crazy, you guys. Did we get to do the after mystery questions?
0: Did we actually finish the mystery? You've finished that a <laughs> you
4: finished
0: a mystery. Hey, folks, I think we finished quite a few mysteries.
3: I think we finished a couple
4: mysteries. Let's do those I questions. We, I
3: think we opened up several more mysteries. <laughs> Am I crazier? Have we not done these?
4: Oh, we haven't done them in a while. Because okay. I'm, I'm I'm using them now as end of arc or end of like story beat because I'm doing it all the makes, time. You guys be like level 18, sense. and that's just yeah. Yeah. That's boring. Weird. However, was, did we conclude the current mystery? You guys saved the Willituck Lake monster. Yes,
1: I. I will say we concluded the current one, but boy, oh, boy,
4: there's <laughs> a lot more.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Do we save someone from certain death? Yes, hundred percent. Yes, yes. Ah, quite a few mm. people.
5: Everybody. Yes.
4: Do we learn something new and important about the world? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Of course. Double yes. you up uh, oh, if you get three or four to experience. Everybody.
1: Woo! Yes.
4: Good, good job. Oh, holy shit, y'all. Aiden just leveled up, too. Ooh, yay!
1: That kind of works with the cannon, too. I
4: love that. Oh, what am I going to give her?
1: That was fucking wild. Mm -hmm.
5: That was
0: so much fun. Now there's even more questions.
1: That was
4: such a good episode. Holy fuck.
1: I just wanted to keep going. I was like, I'm not done yet. I just want to keep
4: playing.